Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. I should have stayed home and played with myself. What do you like to do? Oh, I don't know. Play chess? Screw. Well, let's play chess. The Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. Richardson going to take off and run. He's in there. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. The first career touchdown. Here's Halliburton into the front court. Mishandled it, but gets a shot. Hits it. Hits it. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Well, it's been a hot topic for everybody. And look, it's an area we have to improve. But look, in a little bit of defense, you know, the year before he comes in and, you know, we kind of had a, I don't want to say a veteran team, but we had some veteran players. And then we, I just said, look, we're going to go young in some spots and we went young in the secondary and look there were some rough moments at times in the secondary and I don't completely put that on on them I put that more on on me but how do you ever develop any continuity with especially with your own guys if you don't just play them so I decided to go young we took our lumps took our lumps at times but I think it's going to pay off down the line for them yeah, that is Chris Ballard, the Colts general manager from earlier today. In fact, you had Chris Ballard. Prior to that, you had Anthony Richardson meeting with the media out on West 56th Street. And a lot of that we will go over over the course of the afternoon. What has been a big day so far, just in terms of the magnitude of coaches moving on or teams moving on from a coach and obviously talking about New England and Bill Belichick. But right there, we wanted to start because that's Chris Ballard and he had mentioned a hot topic was that of Gus Bradley. And I had told you the past couple of days, um, and I, I thought that Shane Steichen on Monday solidified that too, but I think more than 50% of Colts fans out there you're expecting some sort of change with the defensive coordinator. And that, at least from the way that Chris Ballard was talking today, he said he will be back. So clearly that's not going to be the case. And we will talk about that over the course of the afternoon as well. The other things that Chris Ballard checked into, really, it's funny. I mentioned the magnitude of Bill Belichick in that situation today and his press conference and moving on from New England. As we saw that reported earlier this morning, I think that happened on the morning wake-up call with KB and Andy um, as they were on the air or just starting on the air. Yeah, that certainly um, is the magnitude and the scope of the NFL and, and news right now. But if you remember a year ago, there was so much across the board to get into as far as the Colts were concerned, because they were a mess. They were a disaster. They were a clown show, right? 
you knew that Chris Ballard didn't want anything to do with Jeff Saturday on the interim. He mentioned that, by the way, earlier today, talking about how he needs to be better and tried to be better this year at understanding situations and listening, especially listening to others during the season. Well, we knew last year he didn't want anything to do with Jeff Saturday. Um, and then Jeff Saturday, obviously, the interim basis ran its course. Uh, and then they went out and hired Shane Steichen. And, and clearly, everybody is incredibly happy after year number one of that hire. But I, I mentioned the impact that the meeting with the media Chris had last year had compared to this one. This was almost mop-up duty. And really, everything that he talked about, I'm not trying to minimize it in the least here, but everything he talked about is stuff I felt that we already knew. And that gets even into the Gus Bradley stuff. I just thought that that was stuff we already knew. I thought that was stuff we already understood that that was going to happen. And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're feeling. I know that you're thinking, hey, I mean, it's just going through seven years of Chris, you know, and, and you look at Gus Bradley. If it's not Gus Bradley's fault and they like, you know, what he does and they want to keep him, then why is it not Chris Ballard's fault? You know, why? You go young in the secondary and that proved costly. And really, it was outlined, it was magnified in that final game of that loss to the Texans. And everybody's kind of asking why. And I've said this already, too. Here's why. Because Jim Irsay, last year, he put his confidence moving forward into Chris, and that's not going anywhere and not going anywhere anytime soon. I was talking to Kevin Bowen about that on this show yesterday. I mean, at least the next two years. And believe me, I know where you're coming from. You want to say, oh, you know what, this has happened no place else. This is such a rarity, not just in the NFL, but in sports in general. It's a rarity when somebody does not or is incapable of showing results. Again, that rarity is being able to keep your gig and a franchise moving on. And I think we all kind of understood what went down last year. There's no way that Jim wanted to make both the change, a general manager and coach. He wanted Chris, like it or loathe it as a fan or a media member, wanted Chris to be at the point man to be able to hire that next head coach because I don't think he wanted to deal with it you know, either on his own or with his own company. He wanted somebody as the general manager, again, to be on that point. So this year was just incredibly different in listening to Chris Ballard than it was this time last year. I know there's a lot of the same looks and a lot of the same freakings. I mean, he's still the same guy. I mean, he's still the same guy. And he's going to sell you on stuff. He's going to try to sell you on stuff. He's going to try to sell those, you know, in the media room on stuff. And that, that's just who he is. But the one thing that you can't deny that it is a much different situation this year than it is last year. There, there, was, there was no hope. Let's think about it in terms of last year to this year again. You had, all right, who's going to be the next head coach? And, you know, the, your favorite team was a laughing stock throughout the season. I mean, you get the general manager not happy that the owner's putting an interim tag on a guy that just comes off TV, and the owner wants one quarterback to start, and you've got heavy dollars into an old quarterback that's well past it. It seemed like every corner you turned, there was something new that made this organization laughable. And the one thing that this past year has done, and I mentioned this, and I'm at fault for this too, 
this year compared to last year, the one thing that was going to be tough for me to notice because I was so disappointed in that team gagging away an opportunity to go to the postseason on Saturday. But the one thing I do understand, and I think this is incredibly true, is you can look at it and there is firm ground to be found right now. And, you know, even if there are still lingering questions regarding Anthony Richardson, that's fair and that's going to be the case until they move into November. Even if you have lingering questions about, you know, Chris Ballard and why he hasn't been feet to the fire or whatever cliche you want to use, as I've told you before, that time is now come and gone. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be making these decisions. He's going to be running this organization. That is going to be him. Like it, lump it, loathe it, whatever. And you know where I stood last year, but the moment that Jim Irsay decided to go ahead and continue his confidence level in Chris's decision-making, that's just where we are. And it's not going to do us or you or anybody any good if you're anti right now to shake your fist because nothing else is going to change. What you have to hope now, again, that the sequel is better than the original. And it doesn't really have to find too much common ground to be better than the original here. But you do see you do see solid footing in spots, in places. You go through this past year, and I know that they had suspensions, and we can get into that. He was asked that question earlier today about the suspensions, and you know he basically just said, hey, uh, you got you know on the field, in the locker room guys, and then personal lives with guys, and you know some guys just make mistakes. This past year, a lot of dudes made mistakes. Like I like Grover Stewart a great deal. But Grover Stewart, and you, you describe him as a great teammate, and I'm sure that he is. But there were six moments this season when that great teammate was needed and he was unavailable. And even if he didn't do it purposely, maybe it was accidental or what, that is on you. That is on you. So talked about that, talked about the suspensions, the state of the team right now. Anthony Richardson, who also met with the media earlier today, uh, both talked about, you know, reckless or not reckless at quarterback. It, Chris answered that question and said, hey, uh, it is. And, and this is something we are used to with Andrew Luck. And, and this is what you want as a fan to see this organization guard against would be a similar set of circumstances. And I do buy this. Andrew Luck wasn't going to be told anything. Andrew Luck was going to be Andrew Luck, and what you saw was Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was the, the most real, or one of the most real that's ever been around here. It just wasn't real for all the great reasons in terms of this organization, you as the fans, and winning long-term football. I mean, he, he, he was real, but he was also real well beyond football. Well beyond what you care about as a fan. And Chris described Anthony Richardson, again, closely related to that of Andrew Luck. And remember, we did go through a time with Luck, and I mentioned this before. I remember going all the way back to 2014. And the signature, part, the, the signature portion of the Luck career started with extension of the play. And that was always, anytime anybody brought him up, well, you know what, here's what he does. When he gets out of the pocket, he extends the play. But there's a point in time when, you know, that ends and then being reckless does begin. There is some truth to that. 
You have to evolve. In the NFL, you have to evolve as a quarterback. Jalen Hurts is going to go through this as well. You have to evolve as a quarterback and make, make sure you maintain health for your team. You are ultra-valuable, the most valued position in professional sports, and you can't miss time. And the problem is this has been the year, the season of the backup quarterback. And now because so many starting quarterbacks, their time on the field under center has been compromised, you have seen the rising of the value of the backup quarterback. I mentioned this before. You go back to the Manning era, and I like the backup quarterbacks were here, but I never wanted to see him play. Because you do when you saw them play that it was over. Everybody used to always say, I can't believe Bill Polian didn't address it with a good backup quarterback. And my point of view always was, well, if you have to go to a backup quarterback from Peyton Manning, the expectations that are on this team are going to be over. That was much different than this past year. The expectations were so low. All right, you got a rookie quarterback that you know very little about that couldn't maintain health, you needed a strong, willing backup quarterback. And there's a lot to that, and that's exactly what Gardner Menchu provided. Didn't have a great game every game, there's no doubt about that. But for his worth and why he was here, he was of high value. And let's face the facts, he should be of high value coming up again next year. I don't know what the value was going to be across the board, market-wise in the NFL. But to me, to me, you have to look at it this way. Does he deserve more money for what he accomplished and his value? Sure. Could you make the argument that his highest value is still here? Absolutely. Because of the relationship with the head coach, because of being in the system, because of going through this season and playing much more than the starter. His greatest value to him is here. I don't know what his market is going to be. I don't know how much he's going to get paid. I would have to think if somebody wanted him as a starting quarterback, which, again, I do doubt, but if they wanted him as a starting quarterback, then he would probably jet for that. And you know that you want the most money out of it. I just don't think his value is going to be anywhere else other than here, and it should be here. And it should also be here because you know, again, your starting quarterback is going to have to reboot the rookie season. And then it's going to have to be proven that he's able to maintain health, reckless or otherwise. Again, there is a time, I, there is a time when I, I think everybody younger is, is going to be reckless. But you have to grow out of that. And luck grew out of that but started to grow out of that or was taught out of that, shall we say, maybe just through experience and injury. But by the time he started to get away from what was reckless, when you're, when you're young, you can look at it as being reckless, but you're supposed to grow out of that. You have to become a much better passer than you are going to be a threat with your legs. You just do because the NFL will beat you up and you cannot be constantly injured. And this is something that we're going to watch and be interested to see Anthony Richardson evolve and grow into. Hey, I'm excited as everybody else. I want to see him make plays with his legs, but I also want to see his ass out there. 
And this is a really tough place to maintain when you're out there trying to do all these things athletically and taking hits from guys that at this level are just as fast, just as athletic as you are. So that's something that's going to have to be taught. I just think all these guys, for the most part, when they're young like this and when you have this, this incredible level of talent and success to come along with it, you, you do have recklessness. You know, whether or not that Chris believes that to be the case, I think it's something you should and, and better grow out of. And, and really, I, I use the term evolve. I think you have to evolve out of it. You have to evolve into a, a better passer, a like C.J. Stroud, when he said last February at the Combine, ball placement specialist, you have to become very good at doing that. Just very good at being a prototypical quarterback. Love running around, but it just kind of seems like with all these dudes, that time is fleeting. There's a shelf life of it. And that's what they're going to have to find with Anthony Richardson moving forward. Something else Chris Ballard talked about a little bit earlier today was that. All right, quick here. Let me set the stage. Parks Place Pub is our location. We're in Fishers today. This is the Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots for the NFL postseason. I know we all kind of facepalm because we should be here today talking about a Saturday afternoon game with the Colts and the Browns. Alas, we are not, but we will go over the Saturday and the Sunday list of these games. We'll go over all these wild card matchups and we'll do our normal Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila shots. Also, from Anthony Richardson to Chris Ballard to the state of the Colts, what we witnessed and what we need to see in a season certainly which is forthcoming that you're going to expect growth, but also the schedule is going to be much more difficult. You guys have asked, and as always, I deliver for you Rick Venturi with his thoughts on the whole damn thing. Coming up here in the 4 o'clock hour as well, that is something you will not want to miss. And I mean everything from Richardson to Steichen to Ballard to Gus Bradley, offense, defense, offensive line. What needs to be done? How about free agency and how about the draft? You know, it's funny. I guess one of the reasons why I didn't get much of an impact out of Chris today is because this is stuff for years we've all heard before. And you all just kind of expect, okay, we're going to move on here. And now it's time to deliver. As I mentioned, it was just a 180 compared to where he sat last year and had to explain himself. Because last year was a joke. This year, you can see there's much more sure-footedness here. Nothing guaranteed. Nothing guaranteed whatsoever. Yeah, take advantage of things when you can. But compared to last year, you look further down the road and you can feel good about it. Last year, it kind of felt like, all right, we are starting at the root of this organization and now building this back up. A ride with some expectations, no question. Last this past year didn't have expectations until December. Let's face it. Until they put themselves in that situation, they were without expectations. Yeah, next year they're gonna have it. Next year the schedule is going to be more difficult. And now you're looking further down the road within your own division. And I know that you know, the joke and the gag job that Jacksonville pulled is one thing. 
but you're going to watch a quarterback in C.J. Stroud that's going to be in Houston for the foreseeable future that's going to be incredibly difficult. I wish I had an accurate breakdown of Tennessee. I just don't know. I'm assuming it's going to be somebody offensive-minded for Will Levis and the rebirth of this team, especially on the offensive side. But it's tough to really come up with that because you don't know who the coach is going to be. But all that on the plate of Rick Venturi. He comes on here three times each and every year, and this is one of those very much listened to and much anticipated. That's going to be Rick Venturi coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Mike Chappell coming up in the 5 o'clock hour as well. But Parks Place Pub is our location. Larcity Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. That's Jimmy down there. I love Jimmy even though he's rocking a Cubs hoodie. I don't like that. Cam's the onside engineer. We got Landon. We got Jacob here as well. We got James back in the studio. We got your calls at 239-1070, the AAA membership lounge via YouTube Live. Jump in there. And I know, I know you guys, if you haven't heard, well, I had a, a, um, a listener come up to me right before the show and said, man, the Brian Evans interview was incredible yesterday. If you missed Brian Evans, the former Hoosier, on this show yesterday, you may want to double back and listen to it again on a podcast at 107.5thefan.com. His thoughts on the state of IU basketball from Xavier Johnson to Mike Woods and so on and so forth yesterday was incredibly popular, or at least it has been for the past 24 hours. And that was Brian Evans on this show yesterday. But let's welcome in for the playoff edition of the Larcity Bourbon Locks and Luna's tequila shots our betting analyst Brent Halverson who has the numbers so far we go into the postseason it looks like I have been even Steven throughout the year I'll, I'll take even Steven John happy playoff edition yeah, about of that, the buddy. Lock shot show unfortunately this is going to wrap us up for the year I, mean, I hate that you got to come back six, next week year number six is going to be wrapping up and pretty crazy I can't believe it's years. been year six so year six for this yep how many years tavern tour stop year two Year three. We'll be on year three. Year three yep, of Tavern Tour Stop. The Backyard Bourbon Broadcast. Four, uh, maybe? It's, it's, it's more than that. Is it's it really? Four, oh, yeah. Did we start that before this? That was, that was before this. Oh, yeah, man. that's probably year seven or eight. Our relationship, we love it, but it's been beneficial to everybody. You know how many friends we have made by doing this? And I mean every single week we do it. Absolutely. That's the best part and about it. And that is the best part about yeah. it, right? You mean surround yourself with good people and good things no happen. And, and we like to have a lot of fun. So. Yes, we do. All right. Uh, so what are the numbers this past year? All right. I mentioned even Steven, and I'll take it. Yes. you. Uh, so uh, to, to the entire season, all, all 18 weeks, right? Yep. We even count last week that had kind of a, a hodgepodge of, of teams playing, hodgepodge. not playing, all the, all the goods, right? You actually did pretty good last week, John. 11 and 5, which Let's brought you to 123, 122, six ties for a 50% record. So I'll you take got it. the 50, man. 50. So that's awesome. That's what I got in algebra in that, high school. Well, this is and geometry in high school. Look at that. Look, it's still paying off for you. Yes. Right? And what, once I learned the Sosceles triangle. I was off and running to my 50 percentile right there. Very proud. Hey, all I remember is 3.14 is pie. So. Uh, I ended up uh, last week, I was 9'7". Yep. Ended up 132, 113, and 6 for 54%. So we're both on the right side of things. Um, and, and again, now is what it all counts, right? So we're going to talk about coming up here at the uh, yep. 4 o'clock hour. Playoffs, right? Talking about playoffs. We got it. Unfortunately, we're not talking about the Colts. And that's a bummer I, I, right that, there. That, you know, God, that still sits. They were right there. Right they there, were buddy. right there, you know. But you got, uh, you got the GB in there, too. How about that? You know, it's big for the pack. It's, it's the, somewhat it's of an improbability right there. The youngest team yeah. in history to make the playoffs. Right. So. 
pretty big. It's that's great for Jordan Love, great for the young guys. I mean, those young receivers are awesome. I'm looking forward to what's to come in the future. But yeah, we beat the Bears. Sorry, Romy. Love you, man. But uh, beating the Bears is always a, a great thing. And we did it to start the season and end the season. So that was great. They got a chance, you know. I mean, hey, we're up against the old uh, Packer coach McCarthy. Yep. So we'll see. I, I just it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one for them. But uh, they're in the dance well, at least, and we're we're having that conversation. You would think the Cowboys would have much more of an opportunity to have the hands around their throats. So. Oh, I love to in see this that. situation. <laughs> I love to see because that's that. a way. That's a way we'll get another one of our our Black Monday situations. Because Mike McCarthy, you'd have to think if something unforeseen and disappointing were to happen in that first playoff game. He might be one of these playoff coaches that would have a little bit more trouble than the others. You know, I was reading, John, uh, the, uh, the sports books are, mm-hmm. are really heavy. They, they are heavy rooting for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. All the money is flooding in against those two teams. So you also know what happens in the playoffs in the NFL, right? Some crazy things happen. It's not going to be cookie cutter like you uh, kind of lay it out. So we'll see. We have a chance. You guys, Brent Halverson, our betting analyst right there. Hey, James, pop on here really quick. I have somebody I missed at the bottom of the hour. Did I miss that? Uh, I don't believe so, no. Or, did I name everybody? I, I named so. everybody after. I want to make Mike sure. Chappell. Oh, yeah. Brent Halverson, our betting analyst. And the mats. I, I see Sleater over there. Sleater over there is All getting right. ready. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, by the way, too, I got to mention the Pacers, 112-104. That was a game that was highly necessary, I think, against Atlanta on the road for the first of many coming up. Uh, that is coming up tomorrow. I think that's necessary as well. The one thing that you do notice and then this is how you know the impact that Halliburton has for the Pacers. And I would question, I, I know you're talking about Steph Curry, okay. But arguably the most impact between winning and losing and success and failure with one individual player in the NBA, again, might just reside with the Pacers and Tyrese Halliburton because it is night and day <laughs> compared to how they look with and how they look without him. And I know you saw that a year ago. And here's how, here's how you know. Here's how you can easily watch for this when they play Atlanta coming up tomorrow night. Watch, and because I watch this intently every single game, watch Miles Turner set a high ball screen. And it's a high ball situation. The action is he's going to slip it and he's going to dive to the basket. And let's just say, for example, Bruce Brown, nothing against Bruce. Bruce Brown's got the ball in this high ball screen. You can tell by Miles that he feels that the ball is not going to come his direction. Miles felt the same way when Malcolm Brogdon came off of a high ball that he said. Few and far between the ball was ever delivered. That is just, and this is not just a Miles situation. I just want you to watch that because that is the tell. That's how you notice it. But everybody else is affected because of the skill set, not just the willing passing, but the skill set to deliver the ball when necessary. Shooting pocket when the defense is relaxed for a jumper, for a driving layup, for a dunk, it is just different. And oh, by the way, the excitement level is different too. And hopefully the things do get better. I mean, it takes a minute to get used to, and they're going to have to get used to it for the next couple weeks or so, or even longer. But that's something that you notice. And I'm glad they got the win. 
but it is certainly a lot more herky and jerky without Halliburton than it is with, and you could tell that certainly last night, even in that win, 112-104 over the Washington Wizards. All right, 239-1070. We can talk about that coming up as well. You've got our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna's Old Tequila shots for the postseason. Start in the NFL coming up here at the 4 o'clock hour. Mike Chappell in the 5 o'clock hour, and your can't-miss Rick Venturi visits coming up here today at 4.30. Parks Place Pub, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, and fishers we would love to see you out here the stream the app hd radio we've got the triple a membership lounge via youtube live and 93.5 and 107.5 the fan back with you next life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy all hits no skips Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. If somebody gets in your face and calls you a I want you to be nice. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. No, I don't think so. You know, uh, it's just a matter of me just just being out there and just learning when to get down, when not to get down. You know, some of the injuries were unfortunate. You know, like my ankle getting stepped up on, uh, hitting my knee on the turf really hard. You know, just stuff like that, you know, stuff that I can't control. Uh, but the ones that I can't control, you know, I got to prevent those. You know, like me slowing up uh, near the end zone, getting the concussion. You know, that was completely on me. And then, you know, uh, getting tackled, you know, I couldn't really prevent that. You know, I was trying to brace myself for it. And just, unfortunately, my shoulder just, you know, did what it did. But I don't think I have to change the way I play, you know, just being a little smarter when the time does come. You know, it's funny. That's Anthony Richardson right there. The thing that kind of sticks out to me regarding the injuries this season in, in Richardson is you can make an argument, and I will counter it. I think all these guys, especially these super talented guys that move around with their legs, I, I think that you can, if you want, call them reckless. I just think that comes with the territory. Like when Chris brought up a comparison to Andrew Luck and he you know, talked to Andrew Luck about that back when Luck was playing and he said, you know what, that's just me being instinctual. That's just me doing what I do. I, just, I don't think you can help that. I just think that is reckless and that's going to be a part of it until you learn otherwise or until your career is over, as we saw with Andrew Luck. I will say with Andrew Luck... Uh, in that final successful season that he had, when they went to the postseason, beat Houston, lost in Kansas City, uh, he was learning how to deal with it then a lot better. But as we noticed, by that point in time, as we look back in reflection, it was all over. So there's still time for Anthony Richardson to learn. I just think with all these guys, there is always going to be a little bit of a reckless value in it. I just think there's no way you can get around that. And it is going to be also up to Shane Steichen. Think about it from this standpoint. You know, the, the type of situations that you put him in. We said this all the time with Gardner Minshew. We wanted Shane Steichen to keep Gardner Minshew out of situations in which we felt that it would be more common for some sort of turnover to occur. And that is going to be up to the head coach, the play caller, the offensive coordinator, 
to hopefully also be a role and play a role in this and maintain. No question about that. So that's something certainly we will watch. I just think a lot of these guys have that, that reckless nature in them. And you either evolve as a quarterback and you know, don't take as many risks, have a greater understanding, or you don't. And then sometimes, thank you very much, you pay the price for it. So we shall see where he is. And frankly, we're not going to know where he is. We're not going to have any really good feeling about it until, what, November of next year, I would imagine, because it is essentially a reboot of what has been with the quarterback position around here. So it's just, it just comes with the territory. I mean, you're looking at these guys as these incredible athletes, and they can do all this, and you want to see them do all this. You know, you, you don't want to have a restrictor plate on them. But we do learn because we've been through this around here before. You do. And that is going to be necessary at some point, both with the coach, the play caller, and certainly in the situation with the growth and the evolution of the young quarterback. This just comes with the territory. But these guys, for the most part, you could call it instinctual and and all that, but that, that also comes with a reckless trait. As much as you want to say otherwise. All right, 239-1070, if you guys want to jump on board here, we would love to hear from you, too. Love to see your Parks Place pub on the Larceny Bourbon Locks and the Luna Azul Tequila Shots Thursday. It is the final of the season because we are getting into the wild card weekend beginning in Houston with the Browns and the Texans. Brent, we're not going to give away our picks because Sleater in his Saluki T-shirt. By the way, <laughs> by the way, I apologize. I apologize for my sick. Sycamores, the fighting trees were supposed to get everybody back on a winning track last night. And I was watching about the 15 minute mark, 13 minute mark or so of the second half. They had an and one situation going up five. And then from that point on, Drake took over, knocked down shots. And I swear to you, I watched that dude, Tucker DeVries. He looks, and I think he's as old as I am. Did you guys, anybody watch that last night? It was on Bally. I think it was Bally Midwest or whatever. Did you watch it, Cam? Did you watch any of it last night? Tucker, De, Tucker DeVries, not only, I think he is, he looks as old as me, and I think he is as old as me. I watched a little bit of yeah. it. Yeah, because, because Brendan King also. Was Brendan doing it last night? Brendan's the, the voice of the, of the Sycamores, yeah, for basketball. Okay, I was watching it. I, on I, Bally. I was, Okay. Oh, what, he was doing it last night? Yeah, Bally. Yeah. Oh, I watched. I didn't know that was him last night. Mm-hmm. Was it really? Oh, yeah. Brennan King. Well, hell, I didn't know that was him on the road last night in Des Moines. He was on the road last night in Des Moines, huh? I had no idea. Not for the Sycamore's basketball. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I thought he does. I thought he did radio. I didn't think he did the Bally ones, but evidently he did. I was watching last night. I didn't even know that was him when I was watching. Uh, yeah, about the 15-minute mark. But, again, my apologies for my Sycamores not being able to give you guys a little bit of winning around here. That was highly unfortunate. All right, let's get back to Brent Halverson, our betting analyst, and we'll get to some phones. And, again, we've got our Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots coming up at the top of the hour. Rick Venturi coming up at the 4 o'clock hour as well. When you look at this list of wild card games, seriously, you can throw some darts at this bad boy if you want to. So, I mean, you look around – and the only one that really sticks out to me 
is Miami and the environment in which they're going to be playing in at the toilet, also known as Arrowhead Stadium. They've got the toilet and the weather, and they have just been playing so far down. It kind of seems like this is going to be a very unfortunate exit for Mike McDaniel and this Dolphins team. Well, they're going to be they're going to be going from 75, 85 degree temps to negative 10, negative 20. They're talking and playing in the toilet too, and which also in the toilet, sucks. Which that is a horrible place to I play. I hate that place. I sucks so bad. It really, it, it really does. Oh, everybody talks about it. And, and no offense to Jimmy Cook. I know Jimmy Cook, he loves the Chiefs, but that place sucks. It does. Arrowhead Stadium sucks. I've had the pleasure, I guess, called a pleasure. Pleasure, yeah. (laughs) I got a chance to see a game there. Packers and the Chiefs probably 15 years ago. Probably won't go back, but it was a good time. Packers actually pulled out the W, so it was good. But I will tell you this. The weather is going to play a big part in that game which we know Miami's been going the wrong way, right? They're coming down. They're going to go play in this. Right. And, again, they're talking 10, 10 below wind chill uh, and colder. Um, you've seen that total drop from 46 to 44. It tells you a little bit. The bigger one, though, is in that Buffalo-Pittsburgh game in Buffalo. Uh, that total went from 41.5 down to 35.5, John. And that's all because there's going to be weather blowing yeah. winds. They're talking like 50, 60-mile-per-hour winds in the 20s and the teens. It's going to be cold. It's going to be miserable. That could be just, a, again, that's going to really put it on the running game, right? Hey, the, Steelers, think. the Steelers might have a shot. they got two great yeah, running backs. Right. Uh, if it takes, I will say this. The Bills, the Bills have hit a stride here. They have hit a stride. It, was sure. it the, the firing and the change of, of offensive coordinators or something? But they were a bumbling and stumbling squad midway through. Absolutely. And, and certainly things look different now. Absolutely. And I think Cooks looked good. He hadn't looked as great as he had uh, call it back a couple of weeks ago, but uh, it's. I think this game could come back. If it's that windy there, if, it, if the winds are blowing like they're talking, it's going to be a ground game. And, uh, you know, Najee Harris has come on as of late, too. So, yeah. again, 10 points. I mean, I look at that game and it, it, it screams Buffalo, but you got to look at the weather conditions. It would be very Steelers. Be very Steelers. How it would how to they, survive through that? I, 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 th- how are they here team, in the first place? How are right? they there? And how no, TJ they, Watt, by yeah. the way, which no, we'll talk about a little bit. That's, that's a huge so, hit yes. for him. That is a huge hit for him. But uh, if you look at just what they've done, I mean, again, I just don't know how they're there either. Uh, but this weather kind of is probably the best thing that they can play in when you're talking about that wind and taking Josh Allen's arm out of the game. However, his legs are still pretty good, so he'll be running all over the place. So Brent Halverson, our betting analyst. All right, so we're talking Saturday. We're talking Sunday. Anything else stand out before we get to our Larsley Bourbon Locks and the Luna's old Tequila Shots? I tell you what, I think that Detroit Rams game really screams at me. I mean, that's just – that that could be a – I mean, it's pretty cool, right? Yeah. I mean, you got Stafford coming back home uh, to, to Detroit, so to speak. You got Goff, who is traded. I mean, it's just the whole the drama is filling out pretty good. I think that is a track meet shootout game right there. I'm looking forward yep. to seeing that. And then that Packer game, John, that Packer game at 425 on Sunday. You know what? The youngest team in the NFL history to make the playoffs is this Green Bay Packer squad. I'm, I am just tickled to death they're still you're, here. They you're excited the about it. I'm excited. Yes. I don't, do, our, do we have a shot? I, yeah, we always got well, a shot. Yeah, it's going to be tough exactly. in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Dallas plays tough in Dallas. They put up a lot of points. That could be another shootout there. So Brent Halverson, our betting analyst right there. Hey, by the way, we've got afternoon NBA. How many years ago was it when the Pacers went to London and played Denver and it was like the worst game of all time? And they played in the afternoon, Cam. Anybody remember that out there? This game, I bring it up because it's reminiscent. Cleveland, 71-52 over the Nets. This game is being played in Paris, France. And much like the Pacers in that matchup years ago in London against Denver, the Brooklyn Nets did not show up. They have not shown up whatsoever. And it's just eerily reminiscent 
Uh, that matchup years ago in London with the Pacers and the Denver Nuggets. I just remember because normally I'm on the air, and that day I was taken off. I think it was actually someplace. I think I was somewhere over off of Mass Ave, and it was an absolute stinking mess. And I'm sure that's how the Brooklyn folks look at this right now, too. But the Paris game is an afternoon affair here. Jimmy, great to see you. Tell your parents I said hello. And uh, we got a little NBA rocking right there. The Pacers are winner last night. We'll get back into that as well. It just, I said survive. And I don't care if it's Washington. I don't care if it's the defending NBA champions on this Western road swing. Just survive until you get Halliburton back. Last night was, in a win, which is good, a tremendous description of what life for this team would be like without Tyrese Halliburton. It is a 180, and it's a 180 for everybody. I just gave you, I gave you the Miles example that is easy if you watch basketball to see. You can see these guys when they believe or know, when, when they're up, And, and they're focused on, you know, believing they're going to get the ball compared to when you just kind of know you're not going to get it. Like with Halliburton, you're always up and you're always focused because that ball could be coming at you. He could be setting you up. And they're always moving, too. But with this Pacer team, it, it, it's, it's a little bit more station to station. And you saw that last night. The good part about it was you saw that in a win last night. All right. Well, Derek will start on the other side at 239-1070. Brent Halverson rejoins at Park Place Pub. We are in Fishers today, and we would love to see you. I see one member of the Kenny family over there. I do not see the younger member of the Kenny family over there, which is quite odd. I don't know where one Corey is. This supposedly is Corey's home base, and we're looking for him. We're looking for you here as well. The free samples are flowing. Me and Brent and Matt joins us in the 4 o'clock hour. Mike Chappell, because we had Anthony Richardson and Chris Ballard meet with the media. As always on a Thursday, Mike joins us in the 5 and for a full season breakdown. And we'll get into, I'm assuming Rick may have a bit of a disagreement on moving forward with Gus Bradley. I'm just guessing that. We shall see. Rick joins us today for one of his annuals. We'll do that coming up here in the 4 o'clock hour. Parks Place Pub, we're in Fishers on a Larceny Bourbon Locks and a Luna Azul Tequila Shots Thursday. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of damn nerds. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I care deeply about him. We have a really good relationship. It's an honest one. Almost too honest, I think, sometimes. But that's what I love about him. I mean, guy's competitive. He's tough. He cares. He wants to win. I mean, look, we're going to work to get him back. Um, we'll work through that. But, you know, Pitt's a good football player for us, and, and you know, hopefully he still remains a Colt. That is Chris Ballard earlier. A little false start by me right there. 
documented what he liked about the offensive line and, uh, you know, what we've seen from Bernard Ryman at left tackle. You know, obviously commented on that of, uh, you know, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Will Fry's got to get a little bit of love today as being and having a solid season. And I talked about Braden Smith right there. And uh, Rick Venturi joins us coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll go over what he had to say, go over the season itself, and uh, get you set for an offseason. Um, I kind of wonder which guys aren't going to be brought back. It does make me wonder. I know how much I do. I know how much that Chris does and the Colts do, how much they love having Michael Pittman Jr. around. Um, it, it was weird. I, and I don't know if everybody kind of got that. When he described the Michael Pittman Jr. thing, it kind of got to me like that it's still well up in the air right now. And I guess that would stand to reason. That is probably a benchmark monetary figure to where either you're, you're okay with it or not going to surpass. I'm not sure. That's just kind of how, how I took it today. I mentioned a little bit earlier and I guess I'm just making the comparison to last year. Last year, there was so much happening, so much on the table, so much going on, and it all being bad for the most part, right? There was so much more to get to last year. This year just kind of felt like, you know, just another year with Chris Ballard. There wasn't like anything that was earth-shattering for me. I mentioned, you know, Gus Bradley. You know, Gus Bradley's not even surprising to me. You could tell from Shane Steichen on Monday – that the feeling was he was going to come back. Yeah, the moment he mentioned continuity, and I like continuity, I know Gus, it just you know, sounded like Monday that he was going to return, and certainly Chris Ballard solidified that a little bit earlier today. 239-1070 is the number. Our guy Derek is on hold. Hello, Derek, how are you? Hey, Don, how are you doing today? Now, I don't see you here, so obviously you make a call. Well done. Yeah, man, I, I can't make it. I'm trying to do the husbandly thing. My wife had an eye surgery today, and so I have to stay here and take care of her, even though she told me to leave and go to your show. Well, you know what? You're probably doing the right thing, Derek. <laughs> I would not tell you to take her advice and show up here at the show because sometimes we know this. Sometimes they can say that, but they want to kind of feel you out. It's like a test. This sounds like a little bit of a test for you right here. No, I think she really likes you. For some reason. Oh, well, cool. She really likes you. I'd like to think of myself as a likable human being. I hope so. Yeah. Because I I like you and I talk a lot about you and make her listen to you. So she does like you. You're a good guy. What what do you want to talk about here? Uh, I just, is this the last show you guys are going to have? This is the last, and, and Brent, are you here? Brent, Brent is here with me right now with our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna's Old Tequila Shots. This is our last one of the season, correct? What's up, man? Uh, yes, it is, unfortunately. And, and, and again, I think back, I, I feel like we just talked about this, like, wow, it, it took so long to get here. Now it's, it's, it's going away. But, yes, this is the last, uh, last Larceny Lock, Luna's Old Shot show of the year, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Well, I hate I'm missing it, but I, I didn't really have much to say. I just. You should have played Survivor. James should have played Survivor because that's what Ballard is. He's a survivor. And I just no, 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 no. He is, yeah. I just hope I, I can't think. Hey, D, I can't that, think of an example. I can't think of an example. And I said this last year, so I'm not going to overdo it again. I can't think of an example where somebody has had that much time to prove it with 
you know, that level of, of lack of results. It seems like he, he, he in recent history, is one of one. Yeah, I just hope he doesn't think, based off of this past season, that we're one or two players away. That's all I really had to say. D, give your wife our best, too. I will, and I will catch you guys at the next one. You got it. That's uh, our friend Derek right there. He's doing the right thing, though. He I mean, is. If, if she says, yeah, go ahead and go out. That, that could My be a test. Okay. That's the, you're absolutely right. Hey, hey yeah. admiral, admiral move there, D. Yes. I love it, man. Take care of her and uh, come join us soon. We'll be announcing a little later in the show. Uh, this might be the last um, Larceny Lock Moosel shot show of the year, John. Yes. But we got the Tavern Tour kicks yes, up at the end do. of the month. So we'll be, uh, we'll be talking about that, too. Tavern Tour, yes. We've got a lot of new ones on the schedule this year, too. We absolutely do, and it's exciting. And we also have one incredible standby. All right, is, is Sleater going to be ready here? He is. We've got our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. I want your calls here on the other side, too. We've got a busy 4 o'clock hour at Parks Place Pub in Fishers. We've got Rick Venturi in the 4, too, with all you need to know about today. Chris Ballard, Anthony Richardson meeting with the media, and the season in general going into the offseason, the needs and the possibilities with Rick Venturi coming up here on the 4 o'clock hour. Mike Chappell after 5. Fishers, Parks Place Pub, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots. AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. You can watch me drink a Bloody Mary or two right here as well. Hey, tune in. 93.5107.5. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Just an average guy with exceptional hair. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. It's uh, Chris Ballard earlier today. I'm just going to tell you how it is. Some of you are going to take this as a shot. Others are going to shake your head and yes. He's going to do the same damn thing that he's always done, all right? So just be ready for that. I mean, mean, all that did was kind of – you can tell. That was something he could have said in 10 seconds that he took the time to do in like 55. Yeah, it's going to be the same same thing. Now, the one thing that you have to guard against is you cannot any longer become complacent. And I hope to a level that his philosophy has changed about what is, quote, unquote, the way to build a team. Because when you went out and drafted Anthony Richardson last year, a lot of your old school ways – a lot of those got flushed down the stool. Not all of them, but a lot of them. A lot of those had to be backburnered because now you have to get, and we have seen it, even in the small sample size of Richardson, we have seen what is necessary to do around him with this team. And once again, this time of year, we find ourselves in a similar position, and Chris, coming off of year number seven, saying similar things. That's it. And again, you can get mad, glad, happy, sad, or you can be in utter agreement. But that is the case. But make no mistake, his philosophy better change. The philosophy of building a winner. 
You get this reboot, you get this second chance. You get this sequel. That has to change in certainly a couple of significant areas. And we know where that is. We'll get back to that coming up in just a minute. James at the studio. Cam is here with me. Melandon and Jake appear as well. Parks Place Pub in Fishers. Larceny Bourbon Locks. Luna Azul Tequila Shots. Britt Halverson rejoins. We are about ready to give our wild card weekend picks. I don't know, man, because I'm still a little butthurt out of last night in the Mo Valley. My Sycamore's on the road, unbeaten at Drake, going down to Tucker DeVries, who's 35 years old out there playing, which is pretty sweet. Schleter is here, one Matt with his Saluki T-shirt on. <laughs> That's Come classic. On, dude. I, I like it. Bob Odenkirk. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but God dang, man. Right there in my grill? Come yeah. on, dude. Was this, was this playing? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. You know you I woke up this morning. I looked through my closet. You want to like, make me pissy? You bet. You want to make me pissy? They actually are having a pretty decent season themselves, right? Imagine if they down. had, yeah. Imagine if they had Lance Jones, right, right. and uh, Marcus Damask, who's at Illinois. I mean, yeah, two of the best players on two of the best teams in the country. I'm that sorry. Team would be rocking. When you say his name and everybody says his name, I, I think sure you're saying dumbass. <laughs> Mark, uh, there's he's no dumbass. No, he's, he's not. He's well. really good. I watched him play when he were playing Florida Atlantic. Yeah. And that dude was absolutely unconscious. Dominated that game. So Marcus Dumbass or Marcus Damask, whatever, yep. he absolutely <laughs> lit up the Owls. Yeah. But you're right. You talk about two Big Ten teams taking advantage. And then you're, you're an Illinois Illini fan too, right? Yeah. Uh, when they get uh, Robbie Avila from Indiana State coming up next year with all that NIL money, then you'll be happy about that, too. Yeah, so that's, that's coming as well. That's, that's going to be upcoming next. All right, what are we talking about here? What do you want to start with our guy, Matt, about what's coming up here at Parks Place Pub or football yeah, or what? Absolutely. And, again, it wanted, it's so good to be back, and thanks for having us yeah. back, my friend. I mean, I love seeing the wall. i got Dan North here who's put all this stuff together. So Shout love, out to Dan North. Love about watching. Running me over there on love the road out front. See what you get. Oh, there's a Whitlow sighting, too. we got we got all kinds of goodness going oh, yeah. on here. <laughs> right on the A-team. What's, what's coming up? What's coming up with you guys? Uh, Happy New Year to you, number one. Thank you. Uh, how's things going, and, and what's coming up? Things are great. I mean, obviously, the Colts uh, overachieving this week or this year have really helped with business. Yes. Pacers are on fire. We love that. Uh, winning all the games they are and how hot they've been. We got a Pacers uh, actually pop a shot event here on Friday night. Well, let's right. talk yeah. about the pop a shot uh, event. Yeah. So come in. You can. Uh, I, I don't know all the details, mm. but you come in. If you win, we do it on the patio. If you win, you end up going down to yes. uh, the bridge to play. Uh, I think during halftime. Maybe. Our friend wow. Tony Donahue. That's Our friend cool. Tony Donahue is going to participate in that. Is he, he won. Oh, he, he, he does that all time too. We've he? been on the road yeah, already. Yeah. He's a big pop a shot guy. And he's going to be at the field house. Heck yeah. yeah. So that'll be fun. David Ray are here Friday night too. Oh, David Ray, baby. Hill and Oaks. Hill and Oaks will be here next Friday. I thought you said Hall and Oaks for a minute. I said they don't like one another. Hill and Oaks. Hall and Oaks, you're going to get these guys back together. (laughs) That's right. They're like suing one another's ass right now. Uh, Zach Hill plays on the the patio every Thursday night from 6 to 9. So uh, just a one-man band. He's a great, good entertainer. That that patio, since you guys put that in, that is outstanding, man. Thank you. It's a whole different ballgame. It is. It's fully covered in. It's, it's, It's nice. It's beautiful. And I will tell you, I mean, it's a nice day today, but this weekend's not going to be really pretty, but it'll be, right. it'll be a good 70 degrees. Get right out, out in there, a awesome. little bit more room for everybody to I maneuver say. around. I love walking in out of the cold and those yeah, heaters yeah. hit. Yeah, you oh, feel yeah. good. Garage door's open. It's you're just... going to have to add on more, man. I mean, you're going to fill this place up too right. much. I love it. I love seeing it too. Let me show you this. This is 
like every time I come, I get here early and I fall asleep in your parking lot right out here. It's not a parking lot. It's right on the street. There's no better place to fall asleep in my truck than right out here. There is it. And this is the only time when a cop actually came up to the window and thought I was, I was either ODing or I was dead, one of the two. I go, no, I'm just taking a nap. He's like, oh, it's JMV. Hey, hey you're nice taking a nap. Yeah. Have you, I just want to make sure you didn't need Narco or something like Narcon or whatever that stuff is. And now I'm, uh, I'm taking a nap. So that's anyway, good. so uh, great food. Anything changed menu-wise nope. before we Menu's dive into good. This? Menu's solid. Uh, got a lot of feedback from everybody on uh, just over the last two and a half years we've been open now. That's crazy. And, uh, it's wild. It really has flown by. I love and, it. Uh, yeah, the food, the people rave about it. So love it. I'm I had the mushrooms a minute ago. The mushrooms are outstanding. The first time I've had those. Yeah. I mean, I love trying something new each time I come. So I eat uh, here more than I'd, I'd like to admit. It's, well, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> so a good is, thing. is Odenkirk... The most renowned grad you know of Southern Illinois? Um, he's one of the most famous. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we don't have a lot of famous people. You know, Walt Frazier is probably the most yeah. well-known, right. I'd say. You know, athlete. Um, but Bob Odenkirk, I would say, yeah. It's, uh, as far as, like, Hollywood goes, you know, that scene. You guys loved it when Matt Painter was the head coach yeah. down there once upon a time. It was just a year, you know, Bruce, yeah. Bruce Weber, then yeah. Matt Painter, and then Matt came up to sit under KD for a, for yep. a year. Um, we kind of went downhill. Lowry came back from Illinois. Yeah. And just didn't I think Lowry's out. on the bench with Chris Collins at Northwestern You're now, right. isn't yep. he? I think so. So, yeah. 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 Lowry, uh, once upon a time. Well, once upon a time, I had a great run, and then uh, just it was kind of fleeting, right? Yeah. So, but anyway. All right. You guys ready to go? Absolutely. Got our thoughts in mind here? Super wild card weekend. It is, um, it is really fun. It just is a bummer that the Colts are not going to be involved and what we're talking about right here, because it was all it was all lined out, was it not? All ready to be fun, yeah. And it's not all right. Uh, cue the band. By the way, Rick Venturi, bottom of the hour, so be ready for that. Parks Place Pub in Fishers, Larceny Bourbon Locks, and Aluna Azul Tequila Shots. We are in the postseason, James. Here we go. In a game in which the Colts should be hosting, I should be doing a couple of pre-games. You should be drinking. We should be standing in lines in front of porta pots before the game north of Lucas Oil Stadium. However, we aren't. They're going to be doing that down in Houston. Houston, the AFC South champions, got that win over the Colts last week. It was the C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins show to say the least. But make no mistake, Cleveland is legit. Last weekend, they just kind of hang out a little bit. You get uh, Driscoll as a starting quarterback. You're resting. You know, Joe Flacco. If anybody thought Joe Flacco was going to be in the postseason as quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, you would have been made fun of at the start of the season. Yet that's where we are. Cleveland, two-point favorites Again, on the road at Houston, the over-under is 44-and-a-half. I'm sorry. I love the way the Texans are playing. They have two definitive players right there. I'm going to go ahead and oh, go ahead and take the two and give me Houston, in this case, 27-21 over the Cleveland Browns. Brent, what do you got? Yeah, I like that call, John. I mean, this game right here, this is a wild game. Cleveland has been hot, right? I mean, you got a Joe Flacco. It's come off the couch. He's yep. come in. He's really pumped in. They went four in a row until losing to Cincy last week when we, we kind of knew that was going to happen with the shift of what was going on, sitting everybody. I think Houston, Houston at home, I really like them. I think they're a live dog here. I think Houston wins this game outright. I'm going to say Houston 24-23 get the W. Plus two. Slater, what do you got? Representing the state of Illinois, unfortunately. <laughs> I, got, I got a good stat for you guys here. <laughs> Please. So quarterbacks with playoff experience going against quarterbacks without, right? Uh, in history, 
that quarterback without is 17 and 35 against the spread. Wow. Not good. Man, did you just do that sitting over there in front of your laptop? I just came up with that. That's a yeah. big stat. Incredible that is right a big stat. But C.J. Stroud is not He's every not other yeah. quarterback. Yeah, yeah. He is not. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Houston here, 30 to 27. Larsity Bourbon Locks, Luna's old tequila shots, man. It just kind of seems like. And a shout out to the NFL for putting this thing on Peacock. Shout out to me for getting Peacock before that crappy <laughs> Tuesday night of the back-to-back Big Ten games. Thanks for hosing me, everybody, with that. So I, I guess I have Peacock. However, I'm going to be doing the JMB takeover, and I don't think we have Peacock and B, so I'm screwed on that right now. Cam, darn it, Dolphins and Chiefs. It just kind of seems like the Dolphins are on a downhill slide that will end badly. Maybe the most noticeable thing about this game, besides the return to crappy arrowhead of Tyreek Hill, will be the weather situation, the forecast in Kansas City. To me, the way that you look at it, four and a half point favorites, Kansas City. 44 is the over-under. To me, that's an easy lay right there. The Chiefs go 35-20 over the Dolphins coming up this weekend. Brent, what do you got? I don't think there's going to be near that many points scored. I think the weather's going to be a big, big deal here. I think this is a game, again, we're talking minus 10, minus 20 wind chill. That is cold. I think you're going to see a lot. of. It's going to be tough to catch a ball. I did put too many points on that, didn't I? That's a lot of points there, John. That is. That's a lot of points. I feel strong about it. You never know. And Kansas City, I'm still not a big Kansas City fan on what they've, you know, it's not the the Kansas City we know of the past. It's not. They don't have the team. They don't have the the receivers, the weapons out there. I think mine was more that the Dolphins' defense has just been more debilitated by injuries. The way I look at this game, John, I think this is more of a ground game. And I think the ground game, and again, I'd like to see if Mostert's going to play. A-Chan has looked great. He looked great last week. That little dude is good, man. I think he outdoes Pacheco. I am going to take the uh, Miami Dolphins to cover this game, not to win. I think Kansas City wins this 23-20. I think this game goes under, but Miami covers. Give me Miami plus four and a half. What do you got, Slater? Miami's defense is beat up pretty bad, and uh, a stat that's underlooked is pass uh, blocking. Chiefs have the number one and two graded guards in pass blocking in the NFL and the number one graded center. So I think Pat Mahomes gets his protection. I, this is going to be negative zero or below zero wind chill. It's going to be miserable. I don't, I don't even know if they're going to kick the ball, honestly. So I think you're going to see a wacky score. So I wouldn't worry so much about the four and the hook kind yeah. of deal. Um, I'm going 18 to nine. So you think I went way over? Oh, you <laughs> you went more than way over. Yeah. 18 you nine. Doubled, Can't you think you doubled, I went way over too? 18 to Chiefs. nine Chiefs. Chiefs. Yes, okay. 18 to nine Chiefs. Mm, you son of a gun's around here. Larsley Bourbon Locks, Luna Zul Tequila shots. Hey. Go ahead. Oh, by the way, yeah. that Peacock game. We, I know a place that has Peacock. Oh, you better. Yeah, you got to have it here. Yeah. Oh, this would be a great place yeah. for how many yeah. hey, passwords? How many different passwords you have to make oh, sure it's you a can lot. get all these sports? you got to have every streaming uh, service there. So I have a question for you. I, the size of this TV, again, I don't even know what it is. It's 30 feet by 10 feet or whatever that yeah. is. How many – will you show one game on, like, half of it, the center of it, all the TVs, the whole thing on? Or how does that work for a playoff game here? Yeah, when you get into uh, uh, these, these games are in silos and they have the single games, yeah, it's prime time. Uh, we can – there will generally be something else that's going on, but a lot of times we'll, we'll do all three games, but we could do it on two different uh, – Two different ones. Yeah. The, the, the setup is awesome, man. Yeah. Like, I look at that and I just – I want that in my home. I really do. I might move in. Yeah, Dan you got did, room for me? Dan did a great job. We have, <laughs> yeah, we can get you bunk beds. All right, I love it, Whatever man. I love it. I yeah, love JMV it. gets top bunk. When <laughs> I come in here, I often think about this, right? You go back to 1976 when that little bar in South Philly watched Rocky Balboa uh, end up with a split decision against Apollo Creed. 
on that bar, they watched it on a 12-inch black and white television. <laughs> That's what they watched it on. And they enjoyed every second yeah, of it. So now this is much different here than what you have at Park Place Pub here. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Linda Zulta, the Shots, 35-20. Hey, mark the tape right there so I can bury some people coming up on Monday for that, making fun of me regarding that. Um, all right, we got the Bills and the Steelers. And the Bills, a late-season rally, to say the least. And the Steelers just kind of hanging around, hanging around with Mason Rudolph. If you get in, the problem they have is T.J. Watt is done. He's not going to be there. I think that is along with the weather. And the Steelers won't have an issue with the weather. But wide open situation, I think, for the Bills. Ten-point favorites they are in this game. The problem I have is I don't know if that's not too fat of a number. I think the Bills are going to end up winning. Give me seven points the difference in a 21-14 win for the Bills. However, give me Pittsburgh to cover the 10 points. 35 and a half the over-under, but uh, 10 seems like that's a little bit too robust for me right there in that game. What do you got, Brent? You went, uh, so you went under. You went 17-10. Yeah. And yeah. you got Buffalo winning, Pittsburgh yeah. covering. Right, I think gotcha. I said 21-14. 21-14. 21-14. that down yeah. correctly. 21-14. All right. Uh, yeah, this game here, I mean, again, we talked that weather. That weather, the line opened up at 41 and a half. It's down to 35 and a half. That thing has moved six points. Weather is going to be in the low 20s, teens. It's going to be cold, not near as cold as it is in Kansas City. But the wind, the wind is going to be a factor. That takes out a lot of passing. Doesn't really hurt Mason Rudolph because he can't really throw it anyway. However, he's looked good the last couple weeks coming in. Josh Allen, it's going to take him out of it. Maybe it'll save him throwing a couple picks like he usually does every game. I think his legs are going to be big. I think uh, the, the ground game is going to be big in this. I think it's a low-scoring game. It definitely goes under the total. I'm going to go ahead and take Buffalo. I'm going to lay the 10 here. I think Buffalo covers this game. I'm going to call it 23-10, to 10, just underneath that 35.5. So Buffalo, 23-10, get the cover. Yeah, I think Josh Allen's legs are going to be the biggest part of this game outside of T.J. Watt missing this game. Yeah, right? Absolutely. You know, Steelers' record when he's not there, 1-10. One, a huge I'm sorry. Presence. One in ten against the spread, I think. No, one in ten straight up. I'm sorry. Uh, since he joined the league, I mean, that's unbelievable. That's huge. Uh, they're not going to be able to stop Josh Allen. His legs are throwing. I do. I, you make a good point. I don't think he's going to make the dumb throws down the field, yeah. right? The 35-yard bombs that right. get intercepted. I, don't, I just don't think that'll. Well, exist. I think they kind of stopped doing that when they made the change in offensive coordinator. Yeah. Too. So that's the other that's a big part, part of yeah. it too. Um, so yeah, 30 to 12, Buffalo. Larceny, Bourbon Locks, Lunas, North Dakota Shots. This goes to Monday, too. The Eagles and the Buccaneers. We're going to get word, and I know it's on, only on a Thursday right here, but uh, Jalen Hurts' quarterback situation uh, had looked at least early this morning, from what I had heard, a little bit iffy. And his team, frankly, has been a little bit iffy moving forward down the stretch of the season here. Three-point favorites at home against Tampa Bay. I do think they will cover that 24 to 14 is the final right there. Eagles over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, that game coming up at 815. Brent on Monday night. 24 to 13 was that, John? 20. What did I have here? 21 to 14. 21 to 14. Yeah. I can get your numbers better here. All right. Uh, this game here, I, I was all about Philly when I first saw this. Hearing what's going on, though, with the receiving core, with Jalen Hurts even. Uh, and, and again, they've lost. I mean, they've lost five out of six. They have been struggling. They're going the wrong way when it comes to playoff time. Go into Tampa Bay now. Tampa Bay didn't look sexy last week. They were the larceny lock that covered for me. They won nine to nothing. Nobody, no touchdown scored, but they covered that line. 
I'm going to make the switch here. I'm going to take this live home dog. I think Tampa Bay actually can come out, come out and win this game. 23-20. Tampa Bay plus three wins outright. What do you got there, Sleater? I was kind of with Brent here. When I first saw this, I'm like, uh, this is a Phillies get-right game. You know, Tampa Bay's proved not, uh, outside of the Green yeah. Bay game in Lambeau, uh, Tampa's yes. done nothing this You're year. Absolutely and, right. And they had these two games at the end of the year to lock this division up. And what they do, they laid an egg against the Saints, and then they go in and win nine to nothing yep. against the worst team in football. Absolutely. Like that, I just didn't feel good about it. And then the more it starts coming out. Another thing is Sidney Brown's out. I mean, Sidney Brown in that safety position. I know he's a rookie, but he's an Illinois guy, right? So. But him missing and from that defense, that's a big deal. There, there's several guys that are banged up there. I just think these wide receivers for the Bucks are going to take advantage. 24-17 Bucks. So last the Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul, Tequila Shots. We'll move back to Sunday right here. The 430 Fox matchup features Brent's Packers and the Cowboys. Man, this is one the Cowboys absolutely have to have. However, there's no guaranteeing anything right there because, you know, the Packers haven't looked bad here down the stretch. However... Unfortunately, Brent, I, I don't think that the Cowboys, quote, are going to go out like that. That's like a Cypress Hill quote right there, Sleater. Um, I don't think they're going to go out like that. I'm going to lay the seven and a half and give me the Cowboys over the Packers. Final score right there, 31 to 21 is the final. You know, I am just really pleased that they made the, they made the dance, right, right? I mean, it's the youngest team in the NFL to, uh, to make the playoffs. And, and again, Jordan Love, he's looked great as of late. Really come on. He's really kind of making his own kind of name for himself, right? He's got some big names to overcome with Favre and Rodgers and put those guys at the side. Jordan Love's now got him in the playoffs, which is outstanding. Plus, they hit the over seven and a half wins on the season, which paid Daddy a lot of money I collected this week. Love seeing that. Little envelope, Love, soprano I, I got style today, right? I got envelope today, right? today, so that was good. We had a really good month, Polly. There's a <laughs> yes, we did, Polly. <laughs> there, there's a couple good stats here I want to throw yep. up before we talk this game, though. The trends in this matchup, I mean, it's crazy. The Packers are four and zero straight up and against the spread all time versus the Cowboys at AT and T Stadium, despite being underdogs in all four matchups. Mm. Dak Prescott is one and five against the spreads in his uh, six playoff games. And his first playoff starts with Dallas, and there's 0-4 against the spread in the last four home playoff games. That's a big, big thing there. I hope we can continue that. It's going to be tough, though. We all know what Dallas has done this year at home, They what, the, 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 what they average point-wise. I think this is going to be a pretty good scoring game. I like the over in this game. I'm going to go ahead and take the Green Bay Packers plus 7.5. I, I honestly kind of see this, and I hope I'm wrong. Dallas wins the game 31-24. Packers cover by that hook. Sleater, what do you got over there in your Saluki shirt? Well, uh, one more Dak stat for you. In the last 20 years, of the 88 quarterbacks that have played in the playoffs, he's 85th in QBR. Oh, I love that. See, now, there's no way you just looked that up five minutes before we started here. Well, no. I, could, I could be making it up. You don't know. <laughs> he's a Saluki. I hope you are making that up. That's outstanding. <laughs> so maybe Dak, maybe Dak kicks the trend. Who knows, right? He, he, he did say he wouldn't throw 10 interceptions this year. He threw yeah. nine. Uh, he, he's, he's improved, no doubt. But Jordan Love's improved throughout the year, too. It Jordan is. Love is getting better. Um, splits are, I mean, 60% of the tickets are on Green Bay, but 86% of the money is on the Packers. Ooh, I like that. Um, That's what you like to see. I, I, I don't know. I like your, I like your thoughts, Brent. I, I got to go with the, the Packers winning this one outright. Wow. Ooh, outright. Yeah, outright. I like your thoughts even Man, better than mine. You just peaked. You get a sports arousal over Vince Lombardi <laughs> Jr. sitting right here. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, here's the deal. With, with Dak, I don't. 
how can he be favored by seven and a half points in a playoff game? You know, you, you've, no, you've not proven anything yet. It should be three and a half, in my opinion. So I think you're getting free points, but I think the Packers went out right. Uh, I did take the Packers to win the Super Bowl, 90 to one odds. I took that earlier, too. I'm going to hedge that. If we, I mean, if, the if they get in the NFC Championship game, you can hedge that. You're going to win a lot of money. Let's dance, baby. I'm with it. you on that. Hey, Cam, we're not frowning 31. about any of this conversation 35, over here. 31 Green Bay. All That's right. right. Yep. This all sounds more outrageous than my 35 points being scored in Kansas City right It's going to be negative 20, John. <laughs> I don't see any really frowning, looking funny face given by Cam sitting over there. <laughs> you weren't getting 90 You're buying what odds, they just so said right here? Over. <laughs> I'm buying it. Yeah. Oh, I don't. Right. Tr- I don't trust them until I believe it. You know, you gotta, <laughs> there you gotta go. see it first. Final you one go. of the wild card weekend: the Lions and the Rams <laughs> coming up from Ford Field. That's an eight o'clock start on Sunday night. Uh, if you have Direct TV around, you got to come to to Parks Place Pub. If you have Direct TV, you're going to be screwed because Channel 13 hoses us all right there, along with uh, those at Direct TV. But. You get the Rams and the Lions right there. You know, I think the Lions are going to stake their claim to being an up-and-coming team and more than that right there. So three-point favorites at home. I'm going to go ahead, easily lay that, 28-22, I believe, in a close game. But the Lions win that thing going away. It's going to be closer than what I think the final score will indicate right there. 28-22, Lions. Brent? I think this is probably one of the the – most intriguing games I want to see. Yeah. And again, just the storyline to it, right? We talked sure. earlier, Stafford coming home against Goff. They were traded for each other. Goff's done what he's done. Stafford won a Super Bowl. They've looked horrible, but they've turned on. They're probably one of the hottest teams as of late. Coming into Detroit, Detroit can't play on the road. They can play good at home. I think this game is the – one of my favorite bets is the over in this thing. The over mm-hmm. 51 and a half. I think there's big numbers put up in this. I think Detroit edges them out, though. I mean, there's a lot of the big, a lot of big picks on 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 the Rams to go and upset them in Detroit. I think it's going to be a hard, tough task. I think Detroit's uh, they got that home field. They got this whole Stafford thing coming in. The, the drama's building up for a Sunday night game. This is going to be it, John. This is going to be a fun one to watch. Give me the Detroit Lions to cover the three. Detroit wins 28-23. What do you got, Sleater? You're right. This could be a Jared Goff revenge game, right? Um... I don't know, though. Splits right here. I'm looking. Rams are getting 74% of the tickets, 94% of the money. Wow. Um, here's a... Here's a 94. Yeah, here's a stat for you, too. Trendy underdogs in the playoffs. Last 66 games, meaning trendy, meaning the spread's coming down, right? right? That's the Rams yep. this weekend. It's the only team that fits it. Um, trendy public dogs are 69% ATS wow. against the spread. Last 66 games. It's a big sample size. That's a... Outstanding status against me on that one, but uh. yeah. So I, I do really like the Rams in this game because I also took them to win the Super Bowl because they were a long shot too, forty to one odds, thirty-one uh, twenty-eight, which would put this one over. But I want to tell you to be careful on these overs in this wild card round. Over history, unders hit twenty percent more of the time in the playoffs than they do the regular season. Another great stat. I think these coaches understand the value of the football. And uh, just the the possession number of possessions go down, and so just be careful betting these overs in the playoffs because they can come back to bite you. Yeah, I look at this though too. When you talk that, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. It's a whole different mindset when you're talking playoff football. The 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 outset of the game is going to kind of de- determine that game plan, though, right? Yep. You got a couple 
couple gunslingers here that can go out and shoot it out if they need to. I kind of think that kind of takes precedent. But again, that's why they put numbers. That's why we watch these games. That's why we put money on them. Yeah. So, so we, like I say, tread lightly. Yeah. But, uh, one big thing on this, too. Sam Laporte is that's out. That's who I was going to talk about. Laporte is out, yes. No, rookie, no, no. He's, he's, he, he practiced today. He did. And he is optimistic that he's going to play. Oh, really? I was just going to bring oh, that up. Wow. Because you, you dropped all that knowledge out there, and I thought, i got to back something up here. <laughs> so, Laporta <laughs> practiced today. And it was a surprise. Yeah. Evidently, it was a surprise. He practiced. Wow. And the quote was optimistic. Whether or not that is pure gamesmanship, sure. I guess we'll find out. But that's what was said today. If he's out, that's a huge blow to that Lions. There's no question. Lions offense. So you All get right. the Rams 38 21. 31 28. 31 28. Yep. 31 28. Fellas, that was excellent. That was great. Look at Sleater bringing all the knowledge I love, over there. I, love those I felt compelled to have to look something up those here, too. Tid, those tidbits are big, though. You know, and they especially are. When we're talking yeah. We're talking playoffs now. It's a whole different game. And we've got these, these select games we're talking. We have six games we're talking. It's going to be fun, boys. It's going to be a good weekend. Slater, I appreciate you come back at the five o'clock hour too, right? I can't. I got to go coach. Oh, he's basketball. got a coach. Maybe yeah. get what Whitlow level, up here. What level oh, you get Whitlow. Let's yeah. get Whitlow get up here. Sixth grade. We'll get him up here in the five o'clock uh, hour. Ladies got Center or Grove. Ua. Center Grove. Eighth grade girls have a game against uh, Greenwood Christian, I believe, mm. tonight. Laney Lou, shout out. Laney. You know, get, come on, Laney. Knock down some jumpers here. Come on, Laney. Yeah. Come on, be like your dad right there. Well, actually. A little bit better than him. I mean, she's much better defensively. <laughs> I can tell you that. You're much better defensively. We just got to get that jump shot in order. Hey, man, it's always a pleasure, yeah, brother. Yeah. Thank you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us, man. Hey, Thanks for Sleater up here, here by the way. Park Place Pub, yep. as always, the best place to go to watch games, great food, and you can find everything under the Heaven Hill umbrella. Brent rejoins us in a bit. Rick Venturi, a segment you could not wait for. You're excited. A breakdown of the season and then some from Rick coming up next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Get him a body bag! Yeah! <laughs> 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. On Life City Bourbon Locks, Luna's with the key of the shots, Park Place Pub. I'm looking for you here. What a great place to be in Fishers. Join us. Have a little dinner, watch some games with us. Love to see you here. Parks Place Pub, Sleater a little bit earlier, Halverson a little bit earlier, Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. You have wanted this, we give it to you. Not once, not twice, but three times a year. From the Colts Radio Network, the former NFL coach, and all you need to know, we never really know how long we're going to go. It is to be determined with Rick Venturi, who joins us now. Hello, my friend. How are you? Hey, how you doing, good friend? I'm doing okay. I see you're killing it in Hamilton County. It seems like every time I'm on with you, you're killing it in Hamilton County. I, I'm doing okay. I, you know, I think it's it's interesting. You know, I, you know, basically I'm struggling. You know, at some point, at some day, you know, I will reflect on the year and I will be very happy with the improvement. You know, I'll be happy. I, I think looking forward. But I'm just not there yet, as Tom Cruise said in Maverick. Not yet today, yes. that's for sure. Um, 
And so, you know, that's been a little tough, but a hard, hard pill to take on Saturday. And then yeah. the last 24 hours, I mean, Pete Carroll and then my two associates, Bill Belichick and uh, Nick Saban, it's been really surreal, John. It's not, not, that, not that you don't expect those things can happen or expect them to happen, but when they do happen and, and they're good friends and associates of yours, it's, uh, it's uh, surreal. Before we get into this Colts conversation with Ballard and Richardson meeting with the media earlier today and the reflection on this past season, some thoughts on uh, you know those at the top level all-time of coaches, too, that you have been directly involved with and you call friends certainly right now but involved with in the past, a reflection on their careers and, and what they both meant to you. Well, you know, the the greatest coaching year of my life was 1994 for so many reasons. And um, I, I guess the best way I can put it is I sat in between uh, Bill and in between Nick for 18 Tuesday nights in game plans and getting ready. Um, you know, I lived with them 24 hours a day uh, for one year. Uh, this was, I always call it uh, B.I. This was before they were icons, and we all had input. We all put it together. It ended up being Bill's first winning season. We ended up being 12-6 and six with, a, with a wild card win, and then we lost in the division round. Uh, but I was with those guys. I, I recognized their their greatness uh, when no one else did. I was a little bit older when I was brought in there. Um, you know, it, it's two different situations. You know, Bill, uh, I feel differently about Bill because I think this is just temporary. I mean, he's going to be the head coach of the Redskins or the Chargers or somebody because he's going to chase the uh, he's going to chase the Shula record. So it's it's surprising in that it's you know 24 years, you know several years of greatness, but you kind of saw it coming. Nick is different. Nick is, uh, you know, Nick's the best there ever was. Certainly the best there ever was in college statistically. Uh, he and I have actually bonded uh, over the years. Um, I'm very close. I reached out to him last night a little bit, and we, we conversed. But he's just, you know, he just, to me, he stood for everything that's good in college football, not just the winning, but the way he did it, the classiness of his program, really not a lot of skeletons. His kids graduate. I just think he's gone where nobody else has gone. And, and again, I, I, you know, both of them, though, I will say this together, that, that 94 season and being with those two guys have really shaped my view of football you know, not only for the rest of my coaching career, but really as we speak today, they still have a tremendous impact on how I view the game. So, you know, it's it's sad only in the standpoint from Nick's standpoint is that I doubt that we'll see him on the field again. But I, I think there could be a great role for him with this chaotic as – the uh, college football is today. It's just total chaos with the, you know, with the NIL and the, you know, and the, in the, uh, all that other stuff, the, the transfer portal. And, you know, I see big changes, you know, and I, and, you know, I think at some point they're going to need kind of a czar of college football. And I, I think he would be that guy, honestly. Yeah. And, and those are the types of changes that we don't often think about is to get somebody uh, that has won, you know, six titles, somebody that, you know, will go down in in the history books in college football as the greatest of all time to help implement the direction of the future 
of you know a product right now that is like a sprinkler. It's it's really kind of squirting in all directions. Yeah, and the thing about it is, is I think, I think it's inevitable whether we like it or not. I, I think there'll be a breakaway, um, you know, with the top maybe 64, kind of the Chip Kelly. He threw that out, you know, he threw that bomb out a couple of weeks ago, and I think there's, you know, I think there's a lot to it that at some point uh, you're going to have, you know, a 64 team division that really is not in the Pac-10, Big Ten, or anything else. It's going to be, you know, regional, you know, with playoffs and and probably revenue sharing. That'll be tough to get to, but eventually they probably will. So you're going to need somebody, you know, at some point to orchestrate all that who has – you know, not only winning credibility, but ran a really class program that wasn't wasn't abandoned at any time, and and those kind of things. And you know, that's I think my man could do that. So Rick Venturi, the Colts Radio Network, with a postseason reflection and then some. We'll get to the season in a second, but I'm sure you listened to both Anthony Richardson and Chris Ballard a little bit earlier. Anything stand out to you with uh, either one of these press conferences that we heard? Well, no, I, I, you know, I think they played their roles well. You know, I, I think Anthony is, you know, refreshed. Um, I think he got enough action um, and he had enough success. It was a snapshot of what he can be. Uh, but I think he is very, very optimistic and very, very confident. I felt that. Um, I felt that very much there. Uh, I also feel like that he knows that he has to not change his style but he's got to alter it to some degree, and we can get into that as we as we get talking here today. I think there's some things that he knows that he's going to have to alter as we go, you know. And then I thought Chris was, you know, certainly uh, much more upbeat than he was a year ago. Um, I think he's, you know, I think he's happy with the progress. But I also think that he realizes that, you know, forty, what was it, forty-four percent of the NFL made the playoffs, and we're not one of them. So, you know, this is no time, you know, and and I'll get some feedback. And I think it's important for me to say to the fans that two things can be true at one time. And I'll get pushed back because I speak truth to power at all times. Is And I think two things can be true. You can be very optimistic about the Colts' future, you know, which I am. Go out and buy season tickets. You're going to enjoy it. But at the same time, as an analyst, I can tell it like it is. I can say, okay, we won because of this, and we won in spite of this. And what I think is really important is that the Colts don't gloat on this. They don't gloat on the sunshine of improvement at this moment. They can be be pleased with it to some degree. But, I mean, you lost the game that mattered, the one game that mattered in the whole season when it was on the line. And basically, Houston out, outplayed us in the fourth quarter and did things that we've got to do something about. Because in some ways, that game, in a way, is a microchasm that exposed a lot of the issues that we have as a team that have to be fixed. And one thing I will say, and I mean this because I've, I've gone through it twice. I've gone through it two really times in my life. Um, uh, I went through it here in the 92 season to 93 and I went through it in Cleveland with the 94 season to 95 seasons where we had 
turnarounds. Uh, we were looked like the next step would be, you know, deep in the playoffs, Super Bowl, and, and then we and then we roll backwards. So, you know, the point I'm making is there is no uh, guaranteed. A linear arrow that says, you know, that you go from 9 to 12 or from, you know, 9 to 14. It just isn't that way. Every season, you know, uh, is totally different. A whole set of circumstances that are different. Uh, next year, the challenge will be tougher. You're not going to see 18 backup quarterbacks in the league. So, you know, I thought that he was, you know, fairly realistic, and uh, I thought there was an optimism, but, you know, fairly realistic in, 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 in where we were. I thought it was, you know, tempered to some degree, and, uh, you know, it should be. So Rick Venturi, who joins us, and, and we'll – take breaks probably a couple of different times and I'm going to I want to hold you over honestly until you get all your thoughts out and I know there are many right here um, I, I want to start with with this you mentioned Anthony Richardson yeah and Anthony Richardson I, Chris said in his that he's not reckless and I, I think I think it just comes with the territory of being that athletically gifted and, 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 you know, why you're drafted and, you know, how they yep. try to use you. I just think naturally there comes with a bit of recklessness with Anthony Richardson, much like that there was with Andrew Luck. I think also that's a lot about play calling and the situations that Shane Steichen puts you into, much like we thought the way that Shane Steichen put Gardner Minshew into situations for success and it might be a couple of different times, a handful of times for failure. How should that be handled? And do you agree? Is it just kind of a natural evolution of somebody to be that young, that gifted, to be a bit, little bit reckless with that incredible athleticism they possess? I, I think there's, I, I think you're, you have a very fair point there. And then I think it's a stylistic matter as well. You know, I'll stand by this. I, I said this when he was playing before he went down. Uh, I think the kid has it all. You know, I was there every day in training camp. Uh, there's no question about his tools. I mean, Miss Sherry can go down to the combine, watch him, and realize what the tools are. Um, he came with much more refined quarterback skills uh, than I anticipated. You know, he has a really high football IQ. Uh, he has the emotional makeup. Uh, he has he's a workaholic, as you know, and he's very highly respected immediately by his teammates, even though he was, you know, what would be an entitled fourth, you know, fourth pick in the draft. So all those things are there. Um, I think the two caveats and, and I will cover the actual question you're asking me, but the two caveats that I think one is short term, one is long term. I think the first thing on the short term, I think the fans have to understand, and I think this is where, I think this is where Ballard said, "Don't crown him" or something like this, and I, I think that was smart to do, and I don't think he was in any way saying this kid doesn't have it, but there is going to be a growth period next year. I mean, he missed the majority of this year that would have cleared him of that. You know, he played I don't know how many quarters, but you know, you would have loved to have seen him get the whole season under his belt to grow. So, you know, there are going to be things, there are going to be days uh, that aren't, you know, that aren't pretty, uh, you know, next year. And there's going to be bumps in the road. And so, you know, I think the expectancy in that sense has to be a bit tempered. I, that's, I thought that, I thought that uh, actually Chris did a good job on that. And then I think the most important thing long term is how do we find the balance of his great athleticism 
and his ability to run design quarterback runs, uh, obviously uh, scrambles, extensions, but more the designers, to be honest with you. How can we balance that with his long-term health? That is really my own con- my only concern. I I never I never thought of it as much. Um, I've watched it come, you know, the emerging of the NCAA game on Sundays. Uh, you know, you, you've seen it with Lamar. Uh, you know, you see it with Allen. You see it with Hertz. Um, you know, guys that come in and, you know, you drafted, you know, you drafted him fourth, not just to be a drop back quarterback. You know, that's, you know, you, you know, that's there. That's part of it. But you really drafted him because of his ability to be kind of half a tailback and three-quarters quarterback and be able to give you weapons that a normal guy doesn't give you. You know, and as a, as a former defensive coordinator, it's, those guys are a monster to defend. But I think with him, when I look at his style, you look at his style, he is not like Lamar. Lamar plays the quarterback position from the running game standpoint like a point guard. And by that I mean he is really elusive. He very seldom takes a big hit, you know, and as the years have gone by, he's learned how to get out of harm's way. I would say that Anthony stylistically is closer kind of in between a Josh Allen and a Hurts. Um, I think he runs the ball when he runs it, whether it's designed or, you know, whether it's an extension type play, he runs almost like a fullback, you know, or a real strong tailback. He is not a guy that tries to be elusive. I mean, he'll try to run over you like Allen does sometimes, you know. And and I think, you know, when you when you look at what Philadelphia has done with Hurts, who he's very close to, uh, they've done a really good job of getting Hurts to understand how to play within the parameters of a quarterback running game. That is – you know, start to think first down and get down rather than touchdown and get down. If it's first down, you know, and you can get positive yardage, which is anything more than four, you know, it's get down. You know, if you get in tight in the red zone, you know, then it's then it's a possibility where you got to take it on in. But I think, you know, there's a lot of things that you learn. You learn how to take it down take it to the out-of-bounds marker. You don't have to score a touchdown every play. Um, You know, I I think those things, even sometimes how to fall, you know, how to fall and protect your arms and shoulders. Um, And then I think from a a strategic standpoint, you know, it's so difficult because when you have a guy like this, he's such a great weapon. He adds, you know, you've heard me say it many times, John, he adds like a 12th man to your offense. He's a guy that you defend now that, Ten years ago, we didn't even account for uh, as a defensive coordinator. But I think what's important now is that you structure the offense where you don't you don't really change his style. You don't really change what you brought him in here for, but you use it a little bit more intelligently. You know, it may not be something that you run first and ten in the middle of the first quarter. But in the fourth quarter or some key third and four in the course of the game, then you're going to run it. So, you know, I think it's a little bit you've kind of you kind of alluded to it. It's a little bit of learning experience from him. It's a, I would call it an adaptation rather than a change in style. And then a yep. little bit more selectiveness in how you actually use him at game time. 
Yep, and I call it an evolution from him yeah, individually, yeah. and it's just uh, it, it's something that, that Shane, you would expect him to be able to deal with, is going to have to deal with. Hey, Rick, hang tight. We're going to take a break, and I'm going to come back with more from you in a second. Is that okay? Yes, sir. All right, Rick Venturi on the other side. You've been waiting on it. Here it is, Park Place Pub in Fishers. More from Rick coming up next, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. I want you out in front of the school with her. I'd like to have a few words with you, by God. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Parks Place Pub. We're on a luxury bourbon locks, Luna Azul tequila shots Thursday. I'd love to see you here. Thank you if you're already here for joining us. Rick Venturi rejoins on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And, Rick, I want to give you a little bit of a heads up. We'll go ahead and hang after five as well, too, because I got a lot more to get to and oh, your yeah. thoughts. Um, but and I want to go ahead and put these two pressers to bed today. Anything else? And I want to make sure we get to the defensive side of the football and the direction they're going after five. That's going to give you more time. But anything else outside of that stand out to you regarding what Chris had to say? To me, and you're right, last year it was such a mess. There was a lot to try to clean up um, as far as what you're saying or try to do at the time to, to get with. This year sounded like these year-enders that I've heard of the past. Anything yeah. else stand out to you about what Chris said? Well, I, I think before we get to the defense, because you, you know I will, you know I will cash in on that one, but I, I think probably the most important thing that you tried to get from him, uh, and he gave you some, you know, some answers, generic-type answers, uh, which, which were true, um, and, uh, you know, without a lot of real uh, in-depth factuals. And I think, you know, that line of questioning, which I get from everyone, is, you know, what do we do with these key free agents that are out there? You know, how do we spend that $70 million, uh, you know, who's going to be back and so forth and so on. And I think the number one guy that people want to know about is uh, is Michael Pittman. And, um you know, so, you know, my my opinion on Michael is, you know, I know how much you like him. I know how much the fans like him. OK. Right. And I yes. have to wear I have to wear, I would say, two hats here. OK. I will wear my fan slash coaching hat and then I will yes. put on my general manager's hat because there's okay. a little bit of dichotomy in my thinking and a little bit of ambivalence. OK. First of all, in Michael's case, from a fan coaching standpoint, I love him. Absolutely love him. I mean, he does so many things that a great football player does. He's tough. He's physical. He will do the dirty work both on the running game. Uh, he will, he, you know, he'll battle for the football. Um, you know, anything that you ask him to do, he's going to do. Um, you know, because the way this team is structured – you know, he's a very high-volume catcher. Now, if you look at him and what he is and where he makes his living, it's really inside the numbers, okay? He's a numbers-to-numbers -numbers guy. He's a guy that needs help getting open. 
he doesn't he's not a outside burner he doesn't win one-on-ones on the outside uh he's not real creative or twitchy with the ball in his hand he's tough but he's not really really twitchy and so I love him, like I said, and I think he's invaluable to this team. I think, in a way, it's cliche-ish. I think he is more valuable, and I may I may end up being wrong. I hope not, because it would be to our advantage. I, I think he's more valuable to this team because our lack of a receiver core than he is on the open market. Now, here's my reasoning for that. When you look at Michael, when I look at Michael as a GM, Okay, or really even as an opponent, right? I look at him as a context player. Now, by that I mean he is really his. If you look at Michael's numbers, he's high volume, he's fifth in the league in catches, but he's 85th in yards per catch at about 10.5. Okay, now what that tells you, if you just go, and, and this is the way he plays, is if you're averaging 10.5 a catch, that puts you, John, right in the middle of the tight ends and the slots. It doesn't yeah. put you close to C.D. Lamb or Hill or Diggs or Chase, you know, or A.J. Brown. So, you know, when you go to pay a guy like that, you cannot pay him elite money. Like A.J.'s $25 million. Of course, Hill's off the charts at $30 million. But the top tight end in the league and the top slots – are around $17 million. I think Hawkinson now, believe it or not, is the top tight end in the league. And this is the way Michael plays. Michael is tough inside, and Shane did a really good job of utilizing him. He used a lot of motion with him. He, moves, he used a lot of motion across. And what he was doing is he's creating free access for Michael because Michael can't create it himself. And so the scheme creates it. I always say Michael is very good, but he's scheme dependent. And then, but you get him inside, he's going to catch the ball. He's going to battle for it. He's going to do all those things you want him to do. So, but in that terms, there is a context to his ceiling. And I, I don't buy anything about the quarterbacks. I, I've watched him since he was at Southern Cal. This is who he is. So, you know, in that sense, if he's a context player, what you would like to do is pay him in that context. Now, that may not be possible. You may have to go over that. But, you know, to me, the real the real pay scale would be more towards 17 than it is A.J. Brown at 25. But it's probably going to end up being somewhere in between. And I think it's going to come down to how valuable is he to us and is he more valuable that somebody's on the open market who is an elite outside guy? Does that make any sense? No, and, and Rick, I tell you what else too. As we hit a break here, and we'll we'll get this back up, and then go into more after five. I think it's going to come down to, as you mentioned, his value on the open market with other teams, and also whether or not the Colts want to utilize for the first time since Pat McAfee the franchise tag is twenty three. You mentioned AJ Brown at twenty five, and you think he's more like in the late teens. And I think it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood. I think twenty three may be a little bit robust, maybe more around twenty and a half or something like that. Keep that in mind. I want to revisit this with you on the other side about whether or not you believe that 20 and a half, 21 is a viable number for Michael Pittman Jr. Plus, we'll go with the defense. Rick Venturi, more to come, and Mike Chappell as well in the 5 o'clock hour. Parks Place Pub in Fishers on a Thursday with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Son, you got a panty on your head. You drive fast, eh? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Mark's Place Pub and Fishers, thank you for joining us. Large City Bourbon Locks, Luna's Old Tequila Shots. And this is my, my, one of my three favorite times of the year. The three times that I get to have our guest Rick Venturi on the show. Uh, with a reflection of the past year and looking ahead, Rick Venturi rejoins on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I also want to get back to Michael Pittman Jr. because I, I think that I think that Chris l- would love to have him back, but there is going to be a figure in which is going to be the level where they end up bowing out. the um, The franchise tag, I think, what's the franchise tag is around what twenty. 20 and a half, 21, something like that, I think is what it would be um, in that neighborhood. I could see them maybe utilizing that for the first time. But I think that there is going to be a level. How much of the market value you think is going to come in on Michael Pittman Jr.? Do you think he's going to get offered A.J. Brown type of money, Rick? I really don't, but it only takes one team out of 32 yeah. that has a big need. Uh, you know, somebody, you know, that really is a contender that has a really great number one that is looking for a good number two. They may be willing to stretch it. You know, like I said, there's there's always two values. There's what I think is your real value, and I, I pointed that out. I pointed out numerically that he ranks as – he would rank at the top of the league, you know, with tight end numbers and slot numbers, which is around 17. You know, it, but in reality, the, the market will dictate what his actual value – there's what I think is real value, and then there's the actual value. What is it really? And that's – as Chris Ballard said, that's based on the market. You know, a, a franchise at 20 – uh, you know, to me, is certainly not out of the reason because you're also, you know, you're not locking that into a long-term deal, and it would still allow you to maybe move up and get a real top-quality game-breaker, uh, you know, as a receiver to go with Michael, which which I think is necessary. So, again, there's what I consider the value based on his career and his physical skills and what he has – and then there's the market value, and then you have to make that choice. The other guy I think is really important is Grover. Uh, I'm just telling you, we can't stop a nosebleed without Grover. So, you know, I think that's a guy that is will be a little bit forgotten in these discussions because he's not glamorous, but they can't they cannot stop a run without him. Well, Julian Blackman's not glamorous either, but I think we we saw yeah, this past yeah. Saturday how much he was missed as well. How do you view him as well, absolutely happy coming like, back? And also mention Kenny Moore too. Yeah, and I really like Kenny. Kenny is a terrific guy at the nickel at his at his position, and you know because um, you know because I think our corners are still a little bit untested. I. I We'll get into scheme here in a minute because I don't know exactly where our corners is. I don't. I don't think you can evaluate them in this scheme, to be honest with you. But Kenny plays a vital role, and I don't think we want to get any any lower, you know, in terms of quality at corner. We want to, if anything, want to improve. So you really don't want to lose Kenny. You don't want to lose Grover. 
I I think Blackman is a terrific player. I mean, if, if you know, if I if I have my druthers, you know, I have all three of those guys on defense. Really vital right. players. The biggest trouble with uh, with uh, you know Blackman is the health situation, which has plagued him the whole time. But you know, again, you'd you'd like to have all three, and it will come down to you know what is that actual market value. Hey, Rick, do you think that Chris Ballard now recognizes, certainly with this, this sequel that performance-wise he's going through right now, this reboot of sorts, recognizes how much he needs to change in philosophy compared to what is necessary to win now in the NFL? I, You know, I, I don't think he's ever going to change, really. I mean, he really believes in you know, winning from inside out. And he actually got a little bit more credibility with that this year because I thought Tony Sperano did a terrific job, just a terrific job with the offensive line. I mean, there was always talent there, uh, but it was underproducing. And I think between him and, and Shane, um, and Jim Bob, you know, the way they structured the offense, uh, I, I, I think they got those guys, and Tony really got them emotionally playing again. Uh, you know, obviously we suffered uh, when Braden Smith wasn't in there, but even at that he got some of those backups to hang in there. Uh, so, I mean, I think, I think it, it, there, there were some elements that you can credit with inside out. We have – uh, I think we have an excellent – first of all, I think we have really good talent on defense, period. I can get into every position if you want me to. But we have two inside players in uh, Grover and Buckner that will that will actually rank with any two inside players in the league. And then we have a busload of rushers. I mean, we got – you know, Ebu Khan was a, was a real surprise. I got to give Chris credit on that one. I saw him as a – you know, kind of a number two, and I think he's better than that. Uh, you know, uh, Dio is on it. Uh, Pay is going to be what Pay is, going to be a solid player. You know, and then Lewis, when he stays healthy, he's he's probably the most productive guy of all of them. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is I think that we're very, very talented on both fronts. Um, and I, I think the one area that we have to get a lot better, and I can I can get into why – you know, what we do on offense as well, what we don't do. And what we don't do on offense, what really kills us at the end of the day, and, you know, Sunday or Saturday was a microchasm, is we really don't throw the ball well enough. We run the ball, you know, we ran for, what, 228. John had a, John JT 188, but we yeah. threw for 135 and 5.3. Now, what I'm telling you on that is that statistic is good on time of possession, but it's not a formula for, for scoring in the NFL. So, you know, we have to bring in a dynamic, game-changing receiver. Again, Pittman is solid possession. You know, I think Downs has a real upside as a slot, but we really need to get a guy that can change the game, play on the outside, win one-on-ones, create with the ball in hand. I mean, I think that is a, you know, that is a real issue with us. Um, you know, and it's, it was specifically there, um, you know, in, in third down, you know, we were one for 12 in the game that matters. Um, you know, we're number 26th in the league. And then in the red zone, we were 0 for 3 in the game that matters. And we were 23rd, which is telling you in those critical situations when you need guys to get separation and you need pinpoint throwing and all that kind of stuff, we're not there yet on offense. 
So Rick Venturi joins us, as he always does, three times a year, and this is one of the better times at the end of the season, talking about what has transpired. I'm curious, Rick, what do you think the path is going to be? Because obviously we're in lockstep with what you said in mind as far as the wide receiver position. Is it, you know, trying to seek out a disgruntled diva-like wide receiver that always tends to, to come in handfuls this time of year and once we get into the wintertime or – is it just looking into the draft and see if you can't do it that way? What what do you think the path should be for Chris Ballard to try to find what you and I both believe is thoroughly necessary with this team and its offense? Well, I, I don't I don't think you leave any door closed. I mean, I you know if you can get if AJ Brown wants to come here and play or Justin Jefferson, <laughs> you know, or Diggs or one of those guys, you know, I'm going to open the door for him to just understand. That's going to be a big money contract. So if you're going to sign Pittman for big money and him for big money, you know, that that's what you have to worry about. The ideal thing, you know, would be to get up in the draft and get a blue chip receiver on a rookie contract. You know, obviously it's not going to happen, but a perfect world would be would be Junior, would be Harrison, and then you get him on a rookie contract, then you can pay Pittman for a year, uh, you know, and then you live happily ever after. But Again, you know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes until you can have an explosive passing game and a, and a defense that isn't 28th in scoring every year, you're going to struggle. We rebooting these tight ends because um, you've got we, – we've seen, I think, with, with Mo Alley-Cox, we've seen the, uh, the ceiling of it. Um, obviously, with Ogletree <laughs> – I mean, I I can't imagine he's ever going to see a moment bad. here. And that's really um, too bad. Yeah, because you know? yeah. he potentially um, he potentially was the best all-purpose guy. Ogletree was by far the best all-purpose guy when it came to um, he was just sensational in the Pittsburgh game blocking. Um, when it came to blocking and then potential receiving, um, he was one of one. Uh, the rest of them are all a little bit specialist. Well, um, you yeah, know, you and I talked about Jelani Woods. I mean, no, we thought I'm he was going to have this tremendous second year. And, I mean, I, I had mentioned this. I had heard that maybe he didn't have a great yeah. offseason, if you know what I mean, and didn't really work at it and came in, and that was a product of the double hammy situation. But, I mean, hell, that's something we thought you could count on after a rookie season that until you see it and you believe it longer term, you can't count on no, you you really can't. I mean, you you know, and I, unfortunately, I think the two guys that we I thought anyway had the biggest upside as a tandem, you know, was going to be Woods and Ogletree, um, you know, with Granson kind of being a hybrid type of guy and and Mo Alley doing what he does. Uh, the I mean, the guy that showed some you know some real receiving ability is Mallory, but I don't see him as the structural guy that you know can block the edge consistently and do things like that. So. You know, I'd say right now that's just, you know, I think it's a solid group. I don't think it's a liability, but, you know, it's it's certainly not a game-changing group. So Rick Venturi, who joins us right now, too. So you think about that. Well, I'm sure we'll probably bring up offensive line a little bit more in just a second. Yeah. I do want to talk to you about how the season ended, but I, um, I gathered this today. I gathered that, you know, really Monday, going back to Monday with Shane Steichen, uh, it seems like that they're very committed and continue to be with Gus Bradley in this defense. In your opinion, should they be? Well, to me, that's, that's amazing at first, 
at first glance to make that commitment so quick. I mean, you know, to me, you know, as I said, you know, we won, you know, and I think really we won because, A, you know, we had a, you know, an offensive line that had an outstanding year. We had tremendous running, including Moss. Uh, I think Minshew played probably a little bit better than people think he did. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, he ha- he's the number 13. He has the 13th best QBR in the league. He made a lot of plays on his feet. Um, you know, I-, I think he was a better option than we ever dreamed of. Uh, you know, in certain games, obviously, we have the 50 sacks. So we have talent there. But really and truly, I mean, I, I think we have a serious scheme issue. Now, how you want to handle it, you know, that's up to them. I mean, I, it's, it's not my choice, but I think we have a serious scheme problem. I think we have excellent talent on defense. I, as I said, our front guys, we have outstanding two interior guys. We got a bucket full of sack guys on the edge. We have two young linebackers that are terrific, has terrific futures, you know, in Speed and Franklin. I think they're over 230 tackles between them, and Speed only played half the season, really. But both those guys have it all really at the stack. Kenny's outstanding nickel. You know, if Blackman is still here and Cross, they're two of the most talented, physical. And I'm there every day. I see every one-on-one drill. And I think our corners, our young corners, are much better than advertised. I'm not buying for one second this narrative that we have to play this style because of young corners and that kind of stuff. Because, you know, uh, I, I think two things. I think, number one, if you're playing the Dallas Texans, and they have one receiver, one, and they don't really even have a good running game, I can take that wide receiver away with four Clydesdales back there. Now, trust me, there is no excuse for letting that guy go off nine for nine for 195. And if you put two games together, you know, it's 16 for 346. Do you realize that that Collins – actually had 30% of his yardage in two games against the Colts. That's out of 17. He had 30% in two games. And, you know, week after week, we make kings out of quarterbacks. It's not just Stafford or Lawrence or certainly the young kid last week, Stroud, who's going to be a superstar. But no, no, no. It's P.J. Walker. You know, it's, it's Heineke. Uh, it's Browning. I mean, O'Connell looked like Unitas. So, you know, you, you've got to answer the question. To me, if you're going to hold players accountable, then you also have to hold scheme and coaches accountable. And, and I'll tell you what, this is a what I call a generic, uh, predictable scheme that is non-challenging. It doesn't challenge receivers on the outside. It doesn't challenge receivers on the inside. Uh, they're 79% generic zone, and by that I mean there's two different kinds of zones. There's generic area zone, which we play, 
and there's matchup zone, which denies receiver within your zone, kind of like basketball, where you're mirroring up guys even though you're in zone and you're not letting those uncontested plays go. Then we're either playing a three or a soft four palms on the outside. Our young kids who are really good press corners, they don't have a chance. I mean, they really don't have a chance. I mean, and I would argue that the first play, the 75-yard touchdown, which to me was inexcusable, you know, string. and they can say, well, Cross didn't do that. Well, that's your fault, too. At the end of the day, you strung out a 4-5-3 corner on a 4-4 wide out with a, and against a quarterback with a good arm, and all of a sudden that get, that seven points there was bigger than that fourth and one. We all talk about that fourth and one. That seven-point spot is what put us behind the eight ball, gave them the momentum. It was an uphill fight all the way up, and we never actually got there. And then when we had to stop them in the fourth quarter, they overcame a second and 20, a first and 20, and a second and 14. So, you know, and I've just seen I've seen it for two years. You know, we can say, well, you know, he had these corners, we had this. Let me tell you. We had last year experienced corner. We had one of the elite corners in the National Football League, and we played exactly the same. 28th last year in points given up, 28th in points given up this year. So, to me, you address it one of two ways. You either demand a philosophical change from top to bottom, or you change the guy who's making the decision. It's not my decision to make. I'm not going to sit here and say, you do this or you do that. But I'm really disappointed that, you know, we're not held more accountable there. Well, and I'm curious, too, because you bring up how much you like what they have as far as personnel is concerned defensively. Including the corners. Including and, the corners. Yeah. And, and they have been so quick to, again, and unless there is a, a drastic 180 we're going to see. I mean, today Chris basically said – yeah, he's going to be back. Why do you think they have so quickly decided that Gus is the guy for this group moving forward, despite what you just said? You know what? I, I'm not sure. I guess there must be some relationship there. You know, I know I do. I do know this is that a head coach can have all the talent, the creativity, the intelligence, the motivation, but they're always the best guys I've been with always have to have a little bit of ruthlessness to them. And, you know, you got to always put all anything personal behind you and make tough decisions. Now, you know, maybe they think that they can make and they can mandate a uh, – this is my only thought, that because if you can't see it, then, you know, I don't know what you're looking for. And, yeah. and you've, got, you've got history. They talk about continuity. Let me tell you something about continuity, Okay. All right, continuity is great if Bill Walsh is your offensive coordinator and Buddy Ryan's your defensive coordinator. Let me talk to you about six AFC playoff teams out of seven. First of all, Buffalo. Right in midseason, he takes over the defense and calls the defense and changes the offensive coordinator in midseason, and what did they do? They took off. Baltimore brings in Munkin in the offseason. What happens? He has such an impact as an offensive coordinator that Lamar is playing great. Houston, a whole change, everything. And you think that Slowick didn't have a great – the offensive coordinator didn't have a big impact on the quarterback? Cleveland. Cleveland brings in Jimmy Swartz 
to complement them and to put in that defense. They rank number one today. Vic Fangio, Miami. You go to Pittsburgh. Mike fired the offensive coordinator in like the thirteenth week of the season, and they're ten and seven in the playoffs. So, you know, I I don't know what the vote. <laughs> I don't know what the vote for continuity ever really means. <laughs> So Rick Venturi, who joins us, I'm curious, just we'll put a little bow on what you're talking about with the defense. What do you think is the best way, considering the personnel that, that we know right now and what you think is going to be a part of this equation coming up next year, what, what is the, the best way to maximize defensively what they have in the style in which they play? Well, first of all, you're going to have to make him do something he's never do. This has been the style that he's coached his whole life. This is what he knows. This is what he coaches. And it's been there on display forever and ever. What the Colts need to do, they need to be a much more challenging coverage team and a much more coverage blitz team. They are 79% zone, which is number one. That's the highest percentage of zone. And it's not a matchup zone. Okay, they're 14% in blitzes, which is last in the league. So there's not pressure and there's not contested passes. So in order to contest passes, you have to go from an area code, every area zone team underneath to a hard match team. You've got to play more man-to-man combinations where you press and you have to get specific game plans for receivers. Every receiver that's come in here for two years has had a career day. I mean, if you're going to play, if you're, if you're going to play Collins and he's the only guy, you're going to roll up on him or you're going to man and double him every single down. And if he doesn't get 195 yards, how do they beat you? You know, but I mean, again, it's, it's a contested scheme, both often, both in the front. We, we play that over defense 90% of the time. We finally got into a little bit of bear late, which everybody else is doing, but we're a predictable front every down. Again, 14% pressure and non-contested coverages. So, I mean, if you ask me the answer, you change all that. You have to change all that if you're going to be better and if you're going to be a championship defense. So Rick Venturi, who joins us three times a year, uh, most important time, I think, of the year, is uh, looking at the season past and looking at the season future. We have not discussed yet Shane Steichen. And you and I talk, we talk every week on the Colts pregame huddle as a group. But I'm curious, your thoughts on Shane Steichen and as a rookie head coach, how well do you believe the season went for him? Oh, I think he had a, a terrific year. I, I think he uh, proved to everyone that he was the right choice. I mean, I think Ballard got two things right, and they're the two most important things for a GM. He got the head coach right, and he got the quarterback right. Now, there's a lot of development in between there, but Shane brought several things. Uh, number one, he brought creativity. Uh, he brought cutting-edge football. Um, you know, I think there's no question about player utilization. As the season went on, it got better and better. I mean, the way he used Pittman, the way he used JT late in the season was terrific. Um, he brought in uh, a, a motivation, good staff, uh, bringing in Sperano. I mean, there's no question the impact on the offensive line. I think 
for the most part, he brought in accountability, and he did it like I like it. He didn't do it with a press conference. He didn't do it, you know, with a lot of loud noises. If a guy just didn't produce, he was either gone or he didn't hit the field, and that's the way it has to be, and I think he's brought all these qualities. Uh, I think there's no question that he is really responsible for this turnaround. I mean, we were a joke in January of last year, and we could have been a contender. It just kills me inside. We were that close, you know, and probably if we hit the fourth and one, we still, this narrative wouldn't even be what it is. But um, I have just tremendous hopes for him. I thought he got better as a clock and game manager. I think that's the area that when you're, it's it's not just that you're a first-time head coach. It's when you're also the offensive coordinator, which means you have a thought pattern. You you have a lot of minutia that you're thinking about during the game. And so, you know, but I thought he got better as the season went off. And, you know, he's probably going to be wise to have somebody who really is nothing but his game manager in terms of advisor during the game. But I can't say enough about him. I, I was for that hire. I thought that hire for – Many reasons, primarily because I thought he, you know, we were going to draft a quarterback, and he gave us total, uh, total flexibility, um, and you know, and, and you showed it. I mean, he got he got tremendous mileage. Uh, Richardson was ahead of schedule when he got hurt. He got Minshew to play terrific during the season, or certainly he maxed this team out offensively. So you know, again, I I really can't say uh, enough about his first year. Really quick before I let you go, and I, I know we got to hit a bomb in the hour break here, but um, I want to go back to that fourth down call. I know, yeah. I mean, it, it was set to work, all right? It was the right yeah. call to make. I, I had said this all week, and I know you heard this as well. Why, why would you not? You can say this from a coaching standpoint. I, the one thing I would have changed and I thought was an error that was made was not having 28 out there in some capacity. You always say it. He's a threat wherever he is, and he's yeah. what the defense has to think about, regardless if he's going to get the ball. Was that an error in judgment not having him out there in some form or fashion? Yeah, I think, first of all, I, I think I really thought that the Colts, their operation was great. They came up on fourth and one. Basically, the Texans, because they were in the red zone, they got into that. They showed that bear defense, but it was even heavier than a bear. They had their free safety walked right up on the edge with the linebackers. So it wasn't just a 5-2. It was a 5-4. We were in a one-back offense with JT, which that in itself I don't like, but we're there. That's who we are, which means you're either going to run a zone, basically, or you're going to run a trap, a running play. And I think I'm pretty sure that he had a running play call because Gardner looked it over and didn't like it. Now, we had three timeouts, which was good, so he took the timeout. He didn't like the look for the play. So he comes over to Shane. Shane says, okay, that's what they're going to play, but that also tells us they're straight man-to-man coverage. No help, straight man-to-man coverage. So we're going to do this. We're not going to force it into the wall of China. We're going to run a rub swing, which everybody does. We've done it successfully over the years. And, you know, and the, the play was there. It was man coverage. Pittman rubbed the linebacker. He was trying to get over the top. Wasn't even close. It's right there. It's a touchdown or a first down, and we don't execute it. And, you know, in, in a sense, Gardner, that, you know, he, he, he really needs to throw that ball at eye level in front. But the running back's got to turn around and make the catch. I mean, what you just got to turn around and make the catch in that situation. Come on. 
But uh, my criticism, my only criticism, is I thought strategically the very best thing. I do not, I do not second guess the call, but I do believe I do go back to my buddy Tom Moore. You know, in crunch time, think players, not plays. The only difference is that would have been John JT at the receiving end of it, and somehow. And, you know, I may just be guessing. I think JT would have come up with it. Yeah. I, I just think about any in any capacity. That's what I said. Yeah. Well, the other I mean, thing, you just, although you, it didn't you have matter. To t- you, have to, you have to make sure that you're prepared because he's out there, and you don't if he's standing on the sideline. That's right. And, and, and immediately when you put the other guy in, they know it's passed, although it really didn't matter because even though they knew it was passed, they still didn't cover it. I mean, it was wide open. There was no, there was no yeah. question about it. I mean, we spotted him seven on the first play, and we didn't execute a fourth and one. You know, and that, that's really the beginning and end of the game. Rick Venturi, so um, next time after the draft, is that when we, we shall meet again on the radio? Either, yeah, I, don't, I forget whether we do it after or, be, or before. I'm a little bit yeah. lost right now. You know, I, I, I work at it, work at it, and every morning get up really early and do about four hours of tape work or write-ups. And all of a sudden I look out there and I'm like, you know, what are we doing tomorrow? And I, I'm, I always give myself a couple weeks before I really start pounding on the draft. So, you know, I guess, I guess it we'll just get enjoy life and you know hopefully i can get miss sherry to get moving and we get down to florida here soon well uh myself and i know our listeners absolutely love having you on and we do it three times a year we both understand that it should be much more than that and we would love it to be much more than that but i thank you for allowing us for the three times a year because it's absolutely outstanding. I love just kind of sitting back and listening, man. I really do. And I know I know that everybody listens to the show does too. Thanks for everything that you do. Uh, most importantly, thank you for educating me and being my friend, man. I've always I've always embraced that more than you know. And as usual, I appreciate your time here today. Well, John, I feel the same way about you. I, I really I wouldn't come on except nobody does it better. You are my good friend, and thank you for having me on today. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate you. Uh-huh. So Rick Venturi right there. It's exactly what you wanted. That's what you got. Parks Place Pub. We're in Fishers. Uh, we're going to be joined by Mike Chappell. We had to push Mike back a little bit because of that, but we'll do that. And we got Brent Halverson rejoining us as well. Don't go anywhere. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Here's Jenny! Don't! David Letterman! Hi, David. I'm Grandpa. Don't! 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. We shall podcast that up with Rick Venturi coming up momentarily. Parks Place Pub and Fishers. Cam's the onside engineer. We got Jacob and Landon here as well. Michelle's here. We'll rejoin Brent Halverson, and then Matt Whitlow's going to be here too. If you miss Rick Ventura, you want to double back and make sure you hear all about it. An hour long with Rick a moment ago. 
Podcast 107.5thefan.com on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Anthony Richardson and Chris Ballard met with the media today. A part of that media was Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59, and he joins us right now. I asked Rick the same thing, but I'm curious. I mean, you were, you were there. Anything stand out in either one of the conversations you attended today? Not really. They're, they're just really uh, upbeat moving forward with the idea of getting the quarterback back healthy, adding a few pieces here and there. They really were enthused about the way the offensive line played. You know, I thought it as bad and as culpable as the offensive line was for last year's mess. I think it allowed things to happen this year. So, not not really. Uh, again, they really one thing that kind of struck me where is where Chris Ballard said that he was really struck by the, the fact that Richardson can be, is a, is a thrower and, and is a pocket passer can be a pocket passer which makes me think that they might have had some questions about that uh, when they drafted him and we all saw what he could do outside the pocket and with his legs and all that. But I get the impression they were a little bit, a little bit surprised by how confident he was standing in the pocket and delivering the ball. So now it's all about looking forward and we can, you know, we, we, we kept talking in this week in the media room about the fourth and one and all that and personnel and, all, and whatever, but it, it's really, I think that the, 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 the arrow is up, but, but at the same time, Houston Texans, you know, we all thought Jacksonville was going to be the team to be chasing in, in the division. And maybe, maybe it's, it's Houston with the way that Jacksonville sort of, you know, face planted at the end of the season. Hey, Mike, Rick Venturi just joined me. And, um, you know, obviously we spent a lot of time listen, talking I about the on my way home. I, I listened <laughs> on my way home. I always get smarter when I listen to Rick. I Listen, I, I just I, I just ask. I try to be as short as possible and sit back and just and let him go. One of the things that he mentioned, and, and obviously you would know this and we talk about this often, he was surprised that – Clearly, to me today, they've gone ahead and moving forward with Gus Bradley as the defensive coordinator. Were you surprised with that? And I guess that goes back to Monday with Shane Steichen talking about continuity and today, Chris. But are you surprised with the numbers that Rick rattled off there a moment ago? Are you surprised that they're so easily going back to what they have done again? Well, they both, you know, they they both bounced on the continuity. Well, Shane Steichen really did the continuity and. Yeah, uh, the trust he has in him, and yeah, I, 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 on the level that I, you know, my my pea brain, I, I thought they handicapped Bradley from the start with this young, totally inexperienced secondary, but there's absolutely no reason, no excuse in week 17 or week 18, the most important game to have the only the only offensive threat the other team has to go for a 196 including 75 on the first play of, of their game. So, yeah, I, I would have – I like us, I do, and I'm not a – I'm, I'm one of those guys that I prefer continuity because that's just me. It's the way I'm wired. But but it is hard to, when you crunch the numbers and go as deep, as, deep into it as, as Rick does. And sometimes you don't have to go as deep as, as Rick does to say something's not working. You know, number 28 and – in scoring, you know, the key points. Uh, and, yes, there's things that play into it. There's some turnovers and this, that, and the other. Turnovers were more of a case 
I thought last year to, to impact it, but that's the course they're going, and they're going to play. They're going to count big time on Jalen Jones and, and Juju Brents, and hopefully Kenny Moore and Dallas Flowers forming the the, the nucleus of that secondary. But from hearing what Rick says, unless they go a lot deeper and change the way they do things, it's not it's not going to matter as much as it should. It, um, I, I, no, listen. I know that certainly philosophy-wise, it's like a 180. But they did talk to Wink Martindale a couple of different times, and I believe he's available right now, right, as the defensive coordinator. Does that give you a little bit more reason to be surprised? And, and again, this may just come down to continuity and what they feel. But on the other side of that, if, if it's not what he schemes up and coaches up, then it's what Ballard puts on the table. So it's a complete detriment, really, on both sides of the equation in terms of the Colts. Well, secondary-wise, this was all. This a lot of this was on there. You know, in the offseason, they decided, and Chris has told us that they just, you know, we decided to go young, and the only way to get better with young players is to play them. And you know, Jalen Jones is a seventh-round pick. You probably got out of him more than you anticipated from a seventh-round pick. I don't know how you judge Juju Brent's season. I really don't because of how much practice time. You know, the old Allen Iverson practice. But, boy, when you're a rookie, you need – first few years of the league, you need to reps in practice. You just do. He didn't have that. Kenny Moore was – I thought Kenny Moore, they put so much on his plate this year as far as being the, 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 the communicator back there. How many times – and this isn't a knock on Kenny at all. I can think of five or six times somebody scores a touchdown and they're pointing at each other. Like, I thought you had him. So uh, yeah. it, it, was just, it just didn't work. Whether they do more in a different, in a different scheme type of thing, that would that have mattered? I don't know. But when you're doing something that's not working, then certainly you've got to consider doing something else. The run defense wasn't very good. Uh, it wasn't good enough with Grover. It was atrocious without him. It was like 153 a game on those six games. So, yeah, it's as promising as the offense is for a lot of reasons. They've got to make some – they've got to get better on defense, whether that's getting more out of the players. I thought the defensive front played, pretty, played really well. I thought the linebackers played really well. Uh, so it, it's going to be yeah, – I, I don't think this needs to be a, a top-10 defense. It doesn't. But it needs to be better than what it is with third downs, hey, like but, Rick mentioned. And it, I, I mentioned it too. Yeah. That, that, at the end of the game, they convert like three second-20s, first-and-20s, and second-14s. And, second and, and Stroud made that one unbelievable play, backing up and throwing off his back foot. To convert, so that's you just you just have to make a play, make plays. It's it's no you know, it's, I, I still bitch have known about Gardner Minshew not completing that pass to Tyler Goodson. Well, on defense, you got to make three or four plays, and they just can generally haven't done it. Hey, I, I got to go um, quick. I didn't want to ask you this because I know that you guys asked Chris this and. He mentioned that, that Jim Jim Irsay is in, in stable condition right now. Um, and we want to give our, uh, our best thoughts out to uh, Jim right now in his situation. But I, I, he didn't go into to much more detail. And I, I get 
kind of concerned by that. Do I have a right to be concerned? Are you concerned as well as far as just sure. not a lot of information about his about his, I mean, just I don't know. Maybe maybe I shouldn't be this concerned, but I guess I am. Uh, you, 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 you need, I mean, it's, it's natural to be concerned with the lack of information. Yet I understand the lack of information from the family because this is a private matter. And yeah. I was a little bit surprised that Chris addressed it as, I don't want to say as much as he did, it was like 10 words. But, you know, to me, stable moves the needle in the right direction. Is that the case? I don't know. But until we get some word that, you know, from the family that he, that he's doing much better, I think it's just natural to be concerned. And those of us that know him, you know, I've known him, I've known Jim for 40 years and, and I consider us friends. Of course, you're concerned because, you know, of him being the person. But then at, at the same time, what he's meant to this city and the league, uh, you, you're concerned until there's reason not to be concerned. That's just human nature. Well put. Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 has a great read-up regarding both Anthony Richardson and Chris Ballard from earlier today, every Thursday right here on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pylon. And is very happy that we now venture into the offseason with tales and observations of free agency and the draft forthcoming for months to come. He's very excited about that, I'm sure, every Thursday right here. My brother, I appreciate you, as always. And uh, we'll do it again next Thursday. And Start talking about the offseason more in depth. Looking forward to it. Stay in touch. So Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. We've got Matt. We've got Brent coming up on the other side. Parks Place Pub. Thursday edition in Fishers. 93.5-1075. The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Hey, my buddy. Swanson. Full steam ahead. Over there. I want to go over there. Move over, Swanson. I'm driving. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back to Parks Place Pub and Fishers. Hey, by the way, too, I mentioned you know, Jim Mercer's health situation right now. Mike Chapel had a couple of things to say about it, but the Jim Mercer band, without Jim, obviously, who was recovering, the upper respiratory situation that was severe, um, but the, the uh, Jim Mercer concert and exhibits going on, I believe, in L.A. tonight in Los Angeles tonight. Our friend Jim McCann in Southern California is attending that event in Los Angeles. We have an event of our own in Fishers at Parks Place Pub. Our, Alperson, our uh, betting analyst rejoins. Matt Whitlow is in the house as well. How are we doing today? Doing Matt, great. you doing all right? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you guys? Uh, Sleater, Sleater had all sorts of information for us earlier. That's because I told him what to say. Oh, no. He's not. It all comes right I here. Would, I would question how much work he's doing around the place itself. <laughs> he's dedicated a lot of time to Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. <laughs> I'll no comment. <laughs> <laughs> How things going, brother? Oh, good, man. You know, it's winter, so uh, I hate the cold, but yeah, know, we're It's going to get colder here, I yeah, guess. I it's weird. I kind of half-assed have seen how bad it's supposed to get. It's supposed to be ugly. I mean, we're getting down in the – talk about teens in like, uh, when's this Kansas happen? City. Uh, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. Really? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday is going to be like zero. High of zero yeah. type stuff. One of the worst experiences of all time was the divisional round of the Colts and the Chiefs years ago. And um, I was over there when Andrew Luck was the quarterback, and uh, it was awful. And that toilet at Arrowhead, it was awful. But the weather was terrible. We had two flights that were leaving. Only one ended up there. Had to push. It was me and Drew Storn and Tucker Barnhart had to push cars out of the way so our bus could get up the uh, exit ramp. 
and then it got on the Weather Channel, and both their teams saw it. So, so I saw that wow. cars That's out of the way. Yeah. It was pretty cool. But uh, no, I don't, I'm with you, Matt. I don't like that either. So, But you can still come here and watch everything, eat, drink, do what you normally do. Yeah, right? we'll be football all weekend. Bands, football. Got a pretty cool Pacers event Friday night. Yeah, we'll pop a shot in here. Pop a shot. I think we have Pacemates going to be here. Well, there's it, nothing so, wrong with that. Um, you know, it'll be good. We'll have the whole patio out there for that. Um, I'm, you can win some time to go down, I believe, to Gainbridge. And then if yep. you win there, you move on. So, Yep. friend of mine, Tony Donahue, that used to produce this show, was going down to Gainbridge. He wanted a prior event. But I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about with that Papa shot. Should be fun. I tell you, it's a, it's a nice 70 degrees in here. It's perfect. It it's going to be 70 in here when it's zero outside. Yeah. So get in here, get warm. And again, I was talking earlier, that patio you guys added out there, Matt, is, is awesome, man. That is the... Probably the greatest thing, addition-wise, that you guys have done. Then you walk in and see this big, beautiful TV wall here. Unreal, man. I mean, hats off to what you guys did. Two and a half years, is that right? Yeah. Three years in July. Three years in July. Hey, Maddie, if I wasn't such a hillbilly and had to live out in a lot of space where I could, like, take a whiz in the backyard and stuff, (laughs) I would live right in here. This is awesome to live around here. Yeah. I love this place. I mean, a lot of these people are... You know, they're Would they let me take a leak the off the deck here? Oh, Would I be okay when I get arrested? Uh, you, you'd be all right. It might it freeze midstream this weekend, yeah. though, John. I just, well, I mean, yeah. hey, just I, don't get in the fountain out there. We've been asked. <laughs> that's not the only thing we've asked, been asked not to Stay do. out of the water. If I'm gonna, the this is a great residential area right here. Remember there was a spot right. open yeah, above last there year? There is, we yeah. Here. I wonder if it's still just, open. If our apartment's rocking, don't bother knocking. Yeah. <laughs> Hall, you guys have Hall and Oates playing here yeah. coming up, right, or something yeah, like I mean, that? we got one of them yeah. on Thursday night tonight <laughs> on the patio. <laughs> one of the, is it Hill and Oaks? It's yeah, Hill and Oaks. I said Hall and Oats. yes. I'm just Hill saying Hall and Oates. I love Hill and Oaks. That's awesome. And what yeah. up is here tonight? Dave and Ray's coming up, too. Yeah, Dave and Ray are here Friday night. Hill and Oaks, well, Hill, the portion of Hill and Oaks is here tonight. That's awesome. Patio. Look at Hill that. And Oaks. You might have some action right here. Yes. How about get that? Get your 80s on. Think about we live right above the. You should get a north side residence. You think so? I, I think you're three hours away from here, so you should get one up I here. I should get. It's a good would they allow off. me? I already have to have a passport to get my ass up in here anyway. <laughs> they go, wait a minute. Where are you from again? Uh, we've seen this vehicle you're driving, and you oftentimes are found asleep out here before these shows. We don't know if we want you here. I'm going to reach out to Dion and see if we can get you This is our Hamilton residence. County? Let's do that. Hey, uh, okay, a couple of quick things before we run here. Yeah. This weekend. This weekend. Yep. Get in here Friday night. It'll be busy. Um, I mean, bring your kids, bring your family, anything on the patio. Uh, it'll be Pacers out there. Game will be on. Sound will be on out there. We'll have Dave and Ray inside. Nice. Once the Pacers game goes away, it'll be Dave and Ray all night. Tavern yeah. Tour Stop, too, coming up, Brent. Coming up, we have, uh, we're have we going to be at Manley's Irish Mutt. Yes. The last Friday of the month to kick off Tavern Mike Tour Manley 24. Mike shout Matt, out. Matt, Here we yeah, come to the Mike east Manley, side. can't wait to get back Tenth down and there. Tenton Shadlin right we've there. Got a, we've got a full year of t- uh, Tavern Tour 24, John. And uh, we're starting at Manly's Irish Mutt. So, love you, you, man. Thank love you, you very much. Thank you, man. That's my man right there. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you guys coming in. Thank, Thank you, you to the Matts. Thank you to Cam, to Jacob, to Land, and Michelle for being here. My man, Brent Halverson, as well. All of you listening, Daryl is here. He loves his Lions. Rick Venturi Podcast is must listen, Colts fans. We'll talk to you in studio tomorrow at 3 on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Have a great night.